Oh, hello, listeners. Welcome to We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters swoon and giggle our way through romance novels. This week, Rachel and I are off in the American and Canadian Rockies, using our bear survival skills and hopefully meeting some hot mountain men. But we didn't want you guys to go without an episode this week, so please enjoy this re-release of our episode on The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood part one. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review, follow us on socials, and enjoy the show. Um, Okay, so today we are doing The Love Hypothesis. This book is about a biology PhD student, Olive, dating a professor in her department, Adam. And Mm -hmm. as a current PhD student, I can say that throughout this book, I was ready to have like cringe moments of like, you know, this is nothing like what it's like to be in academia. However, by like a tenth of the way in, I was like, you know what? I can say for sure that this book was either meticulously researched or written by someone who has actually experienced a PhD program, which I believe is the case. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many accurate details right down to the program picnics and forcing those around you to attend some sort of mass flu vaccination event, um, (laughs) which makes me wonder, like, are academics somehow more likely than the average person to have a fear of needles? Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I I don't know. I just, like, I've never encountered so many people averse to getting the flu vaccine in one place. Most people don't get the flu vaccine, Rachel. Our family's weird. It's weird that we – we make a yearly competition over who can get their flu vaccine the <laughs> fastest. I like we're out of, we're out of the ordinary. I had the flu once in second grade and I had to miss two weeks of school and I remember what, just the like flu? Yeah, I remember staring sadly out the back door for two weeks <laughs> and every day asking mom, like, can I go back to school today? And him being like, No, sorry, you still have a fever or you have to wait like a certain number of days after you don't have a fever. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not doing that again. No, thank you. I don't think um, I ever had the flu. I never missed school for being sick. Yeah. That was I like instead was the super fucking gross girl walking around with a bag full of tissues and just blowing my nose at my desk as the <laughs> tissue pile climbed higher. I really should have stayed home. But yeah. So speaking of school and this book, does the idea of dating a professor skeeve me out kind of a lot? Yes. Is it unheard of? No. Am I able to suspend my achiness feeling for this very hot book that I really enjoyed? 100% yes. However, I just feel like my amygdala still can't separate this setup from like the fight or flight response triggered by like the idea of like, you know, teacher student dating in like K through 12 or even college. Like that's just so like Oh my god! Like I can't. All right. Like, it's well, just K through so, like, twelve is just illegal. Like, I know. That's just I know. Illegal. <laughs> even college, it feels very inappropriate. And I get like, okay, in this book, there's not even that big of an age gap. There's no like power dynamic. Like he's not like her professor. He's. But I still have like I still have like that gut reaction of like, oh my gosh, this is like. But by the second read through, I had gotten over it. But <laughs> I did call HR. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's so weird because like. So I'm still in my PhD program, but like theoretically, I could be a professor like next year. And there's like professors, new professors in my department that are like in their late 20s, you know? So it's like really, they're like younger than some of the students. So it's like, I know rationally when I think about it, I'm like, this is not that weird as long as there's no like power dynamic, like direct, you know, like any kind of supervisory role or anything. However, 
<laughs> something in my little like rabbit brain still can't like lizard fully comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lizard brain putting on its running shoes <laughs> yeah. and it's like taking a lap. <laughs> okay. So listener, just to give some context, I've been building Rachel up with the news about this <laughs> this book, <laughs> the background of this book. Um for a while now. Um, but unfortunately, um, based on your response to a question I asked you two days ago, I don't think that you're going to be as blown away by it um, <laughs> as I hoped you would be, but I still think it's important to state. Um, so this book was originally a uh, Star Wars fan fiction. Wait. Specifically kylo ren and ray from the new trilogy this was a raylo fanfic adam is adam driver i pictured adam driver this whole book olive is daisy ridley look at the cover rachel the cover they are literally they look like they're star wars characters and listen as a former fan fiction writer i am all for fan fiction writers who do that shit for free turning their book into original fiction and making a killing off of it like <laughs> Like, hats off to Allie Hazelwood. I just think it's fucking hilarious that, like, one of the rom-coms of the year is was a fucking Ray Lowe fanfic. <laughs> okay, I did not. That is not where I thought you were going with that at all. I thought you were about to tell me that this was, like, a true life, like, diary entry. Like, this happens no. either her or, like, a close friend when she was, I like <laughs> – I don't know. Maybe. Like, she's in academia, so that could have happened. I do remember the Star Wars question, but I do not. I also don't yeah. know that much about Star Wars. I know like, you at haven't all. seen any of the I new movies, so that's the... why I was like, oh, she's not going to be as... Yeah. I have been to the Hollywood Studios part yeah. of the park, though. Anyway. That was pretty cool. And I... <laughs> As we were taking finishing up the book today and taking our walk, I was mentally figuring out who all the other characters are. Oh. Um, so listeners who are familiar with the new Star Wars trilogy, my theory is that so Adam, obviously, is Adam Driver, who plays Kylo Ren. Olive is Ray. Malcolm is Finn. Holden is Poe, who is also played by a Latino actor. <laughs> and Malcolm is black in the book, and so is Finn in the movie. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Ann is. I think she's just, she could be Leia, but there like, aren't any women in Star Wars, in the new Star Wars trilogy. So like, I don't know who the fuck she's supposed to be. Um, and, oh, who else? Oh, no. Professor Aishigal is Leia. I just figured that oh, out. Oh, who's now. Tom? And then Tom is, um... God. Oh, I forget his name. He's the ginger one. He's pay played by Donald Gleason. Why do I know like the actor's weird name, but I oh, fucking forget. Hux. It's like General Huxaby or something. Hux, I think. Uh, yeah, General Hux. Yep. Yeah, that's who he is. General Hux. Oh, and then great. and then uh, the shitty advisor, Adam's shitty advisor in school is Emperor uh, Snoke slash possibly <laughs> Palpatine. I didn't see the third movie in like the new trilogy, but I am aware that Palpatine comes back to life. So he's either Snoke or Palpatine. <laughs> wow. Talk about writing what you know. Like she was just like, well, I know a lot about Star Wars. I know a lot about biology academia. And you know what? It worked great. <laughs> like this is it's a masterwork, really. No, it's fabulous. I'm yeah. I'm very pro that. And I'm very glad that we have some more fan fiction to original fiction representation that's not 50 shades of gray you know <laughs> yeah like because as, as much as i thoroughly enjoyed 50 shades of gray it is 
horrible, just all around <laughs> horrible. Um, and so I'm glad we have like a good book. What about <laughs> that made the job? What about that angel book? The I the, don't think that was supposed to be fan fiction. Rachel. I thought it was also like originally. No, um, not Twilight, but like some. Oh, other... you're talking about Shadowhunters. Yeah, that was a dr- that was a um dreary. No, Dramini. Yes, but I remember there also was some sort of incest component Ugh. to Cassandra Clare's original thing. Like it was like Ginny and Ron were together Ugh. in oh. some way. Fuck. Which is all. I mean, listen, incest also makes its way into the original Shadowhunters trilogy as well. Yikes! Just just in case you're not aware. There's incest there too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm glad we have a healthy, one entertaining book that can now be the poster child for fan fiction to to original fiction. How do you know that there aren't like way more like that? They just no one no one's picked it up yet. I think it's up to us. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Make the connections. Find out who these authors are fans of and what these authors are fans of and what it could have been. Well, I'm pretty sure she's said it. Like, I'm pretty know, sure that's what I'm Ali saying. I'm saying, is not I'm saying how many do you know other ones that are out there where they haven't said it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I yeah, to, I would I love think, to know. I think it's up to us. To what? This is our new mission. Sleuth it out. I'm not. <laughs> Listen, if it's based off of Harry Potter fan fiction, I can probably help you out. But otherwise, like, no dice, unfortunately. All right. So, <laughs> Olive. We start with like a little prequel situation, right? I don't know how how did you feel about that? I feel like it was it was not used as much as I would have expected. And you can I'll leave I'll leave it up to you to like illuminate the Star Wars parallels. But Olive in the first chapter or whatever it's called. I don't think there's any star I don't think there's any Star Wars Wars parallel. parallel. What is it called? The pre not the prequel, the pre the prologue. In the prologue. prologue. Maybe it's the first chapter. She is – she's a visiting student to Sanford's PhD program. She just had an interview. And naturally, this is, like, very triggering for me because he, she she's gotten herself into a sticky situation because she decided to keep wearing expired contacts. And now her eyes are burning, so she, like, has to find <laughs> the first bathroom. But I constantly go back and forth on this because, on the one hand, I think that all of this is, like, a hoax orchestrated by the contacts lobby. I feel like there's no reason you should need a new prescription every time you want to get contacts. I feel like that's all just, like – and I feel like it, the, the justification is that it, like, makes sure that people are wearing, like, unexpired contacts that are, like, the right thing for their eyes. But I feel like it just makes it so much more expensive, and so it actually just makes people, like, not, not – like change their contacts as much because they have to go get a uh pre- go get a new prescription every time. Right? You have to get a new prescription. They can't give you like three refills you need it every year. Oh, every year. Yeah, which is oh, it's definitely the contacts lobby, right? But on the other hand, apparently expired contacts. Like I don't know what the truth is. Like how quickly? Like apparently the seal, like especially if they're like the one a days, I guess the seal like degrades kind of like how with canning with the jars, like over time, like it will let stuff in. So like there can be like bacteria in there and stuff. And you can actually, like, go blind, like, worst case scenario. I just wish I knew how actually how, like, dangerous that is. In this specific situation with Olive, her contacts are several years expired. <laughs> so I think we can safely assume that whatever threshold there is for actual contact expiring, Olive has met it and surpassed it. <laughs> because she's currently sitting in Adam's bathroom crying because her eyes are burning 
Well, she's not crying because she's sad. Her eyes are like involuntarily burning. But yes. also, I'm also jealous of her that she's able to wear several year expired contacts because my fucking prescription keeps changing every few every so often. So I have to I have this like I don't even wear contacts that often. So I'll just like buy like a bunch of them at once so that in the hopes that like my prescription will stay the same and I won't have to get a new prescription next year and just keep using those contacts. But then my eyes fucking change and I have and I have just a bunch of like ex- like old wrong contacts so if anyone knows of like a good black market i'm sort of kidding sort of not <laughs> i got quite the buildup. rachel has been also she's been planning to get lasik for like the past like what five years now my eyes keep like changing years but she she's not allowed to get it's LASIK a good thing i didn't yet. listen to the doctor they tried to, they were like originally like oh you can do it when you're 21 and like that's just not true your eyes on average don't stop changing until you're like 25 and i'm definitely a late bloomer in that department okay so so <laughs> Olive is in the bathroom. She's there at Stanford for her PhD interview. And Adam walks in and he's like, what are you we don't doing know in the bathroom? Well, it's like very obvious. <laughs> Olive doesn't know it's Adam because she can't see because her eyes are running. But reader, like you're like, okay, well, this is obviously Adam. Like deep voice, tall, dark haired <laughs> man, obviously Adam. Um, and he's like, what are you doing in my bathroom? And she's like, oh, is this your bathroom? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, for my lab. Um, and he just immediately, one of my favorite things about Adam is that he is like, I don't know whether I'm using this term right, but it just feels spiritually right. Um, he very much is like a stern brunch daddy, um, <laughs> which is an actual phrase. Is I it? don't know whether I'm making it up and I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether I'm applying it correctly or whether it only applies to like middle-aged daddies. But um, he's a stern brunch daddy specifically because he's always constantly trying to make Olive take care of herself. (laughs) So in this respect, he's like, he's like, why the fuck are you wearing expired contacts, random girl that I've just met? And like later on, he's like, don't ride on the road where there are no bike lanes. And then also he's like, eat more vegetables. (laughs) And like, he's constantly just like, God, take care of yourself. Like, stop this. And that's one of my favorite tropes, like the exasperated man constantly trying to make like the messy girl (laughs) take care of herself. I think you are using it correctly just based on a quick Google search from Quikipedia. Um, Stern brunch daddy colon dominating personality exhibiting firm kindness in public but unleashes pure animal instincts sexually masculine of classy in the streets freak in the sheets yes yeah i would agree wholeheartedly wholeheartedly yeah no okay so adam is a stern brunch daddy i just feel like i've only ever seen it specifically in the context of like silver foxed bearded men Mm. Um, but I think Adam counts as well because I think Adam could grow a beard if he wanted to. Oh, for sure. Um, We're never told he doesn't have a beard. You know what I mean? Like it's never. Well, explicitly- Rachel, he's Kylo Ren. Does <laughs> Kylo Ren have a beard? No. I have no so, idea. So, Erica, oh, I, Rachel, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know. I believe I say you. I just that I pictured oh, Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. Yeah, yeah. Never once did I picture anything besides Adam Driver this entire book. Oh, for well, I'm picturing honestly, I'm picturing Josh from the Hating Game this entire time. I'm picturing um, old school Superman <laughs> for a throwback to our first no. episode. <laughs> oh my god. I'm picturing no. I'm picturing Adam Driver. And then, <sighs> but with like, but not. I didn't picture Daisy Ridley for Olive. I just pictured the cartoon girl on the cover. (laughs) Yeah, same. Okay, just a summary of things we learn in this conversation um, is that Olive is Canadian. 
that doesn't really become relevant, but whatever. So that she doesn't um, want to go back to the land where they eat moose hearts. <laughs> In her words. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really hope Allie Hazelwood is Canadian because otherwise, like, what a weird shot to take to Canada. <laughs> like, it's just a shot across the bow. <laughs> She's from Italy. She's from Italy. Well, maybe her, like, mom is Canadian. I don't lived know. Lived in Germany. Allie Hazelwood lives in Germany right now. So she's, like, an international gal. Um, and her name is Allie Hazelwood, which feels like a very American slash Canadian name. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, we also <laughs> learned that Olive's mom, Olive's mom is dead. Um, we don't learn in this conversation that she died um, from cancer, but she died from pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. So trigger warning for the rest of this book, if that's something that is going to be triggering for you, because I know there was discussion about that on book Twitter. Yes, Rachel, what did you I'm learn sorry, about Allie but, Hazelwood? Um, moose meat is completely carb-free. And apparently moose heart tastes best when cut thinly and cooked on a barbecue like a slice of steak. Everybody loves it. It's basically like liver. <laughs> like liver? Also more than 300 milligrams of potassium per serving. That is the two most contradictory sentences I've ever heard. Oh Everybody loves it. It tastes like liver. It looks like yellow meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Listen, I can imagine like thinly sliced heart. Oh, like, look. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought this up. I can't. You brought this up. Leave the moose alone. Aside, yeah, we'll leave the moose alone. But in in eighth grade, seventh grade, yeah, eighth grade German, um, our teacher brought in like German delicacies. One of which is cow tongue, um, and Mm, it was just like very very thinly sliced cow tongue. And I ate meat at the time, and I tried it, and you know what? It was it was pretty good. I wouldn't have it again, but I was like, nice. Leave the cows alone. At least moose kill people. When has a cow ever killed anyone? I'm sure they. I'm sure they kill tons of people every year. But moose only kill people when you're on their turf. Sure, their turf being the road. (laughs) Excuse me. Are we not a country of like stand your ground laws in which like you're allowed to kill people when they're on your turf? (laughs) You built a road through their land, and now you're mad that they're crossing it. Where's the cow turf then? It's the same logic for cows because I bet you no cow is coming into your house. And, and stampeding you you know what I mean like <laughs> I just had a vision of like waking up in the middle of the night to like Wait. snorting like 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 the cow just standing over Wait. me that reminds me of oh my god do you remember this commercial I don't remember if it was on some like VHS tape we had as a kid I just remember it's ingrained in my memory with like such vividness it was this movie and it's about like talking cows or something right and there's a scene where like the neighborhood boys are like being little dickheads and they go into the field and tip the cows and they're like that's called cow tipping. It's a and then movie. it cuts and then it cuts to a scene where the cows come into the boy's bed and tip him over <laughs> and are like, that's called boy tipping. <laughs> so yeah, that's an image that remember, um, interests it's you. Like back at, oh, it's back at the barnyard. Back at the barnyard. It's back at the barnyard. I feel like it was like a chick like chicken run with cows. That was like the idea, kind of, but not stop motion. No, no, no. It was like over the hedge. Mm. That was the vibe. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh animals making a mess. Yeah. All right. So Olive's from Canada where they allegedly eat meese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the important thing we get from this conversation is that Olive is like, I don't know whether I want to go into academia, which like fair. It's frankly, I know you're in academia, Rachel, but it no, seems miserable it's a scam. for me personally. It's a scam. 
And then Adam is like, well, why do you want to go? And she gives him some canned answer. And then he's like, yeah, but why do you really want to go? And she's like, I have a question to be answered. And that question is how to detect pancreatic cancer early so that you can save people's lives, which is a very noble question, I have to say. Yeah, she's like, I don't trust anyone else to find the answer. Um, For the record, her canned answer is something like, oh, I want to go because it'll give me transferable skills, which just if you actually do want to get into a PhD program, don't ever say that. The only right answer is like, because I want to be an academic and live in academia forever. Like they do not want to hear transferable skills. They do not want to (laughs) hear I want to get any other job. Like, no. Anyway, her answer to Adam is good. And then he just like looks at her and he's like, all right, got to get back to my lab, right? And she's like, yeah. and she's answer, like, wow, that was so inspiring. She's like, is my answer good? And he's like, it's the best one. Yes. And that, and, and then it's after that, inspires her. Yeah. But the whole conversation takes place with like her eyes closed, which is just very like, <laughs> I can't imagine this. <laughs> like, well, she also, she can't see, she's taking her contacts out and her eyes are like burning and streaming, you know, like she's just, like, I know, but it's just funny. Like the, the whole, whole time, time her eye clo- the eyes whole time closed. she's also thinking that he must be a grad student, right? Because she's like, oh, how long have you been here? And he's like six years. And she's like, oh, when are you graduating? And he's like, uh, and she's like, oh, I shouldn't have asked you that, whatever. And she just, like, thinks he's a grad student. And she's like, no one else could be that, like, stuck up or something. However, can I just say that I did the math on this? Okay. Here's what doesn't make sense to me. Most PhD programs, I would say in general, run you, like, five to six years, right? And I don't know. I guess in the sciences, it's more common to have to get a master's before. But, like, for my program, you kind of just, like, get your master's along the way, like, after two years, you know? However, at in the in this beginning scene, Adam is 31 because the rest of the book is three years later and he's 34. If he's already been at Stanford for six years at that point, that means that he graduated his program at 25, which just makes no fucking sense unless he was like a child prodigy and went to college super early. Because in, in this world, it seems like you have to get your master's, which is like two years, right? Olive is 23 and has just gotten her master's. And she presumably graduated college around 21. And then they're talking about like people being there in their seventh year as like a normal thing. So that's like nine fucking years, right? Like- I, I don't know. I don't know. So Adam's just like a prodigy. Adam's what a I'm genius. Saying. I, I mean, that's completely in line. Like either he got his PhD in like four years or less. Or I don't know. I mean, if the master's is required, that's like two years or less, which Maybe is just the like master's insane. isn't required. Or he graduated college when he was like very young. So, yeah. I believe yeah. it. She thinks he's a student. She accepts her offer to Sanford. Three years later, Alam Olive is in a dark hallway on a Saturday night, and her horrible friend On is walking down the hallway. And let's talk about On and how I want this to be an anti-On podcast because I was very gung ho the first time I read this book. I was like. Olive needs to ditch on immediately. I think I've now been desensitized upon this second reading, um, and I don't hate on as much as I did before. But reader, on does get called out on her bullshit by the end of the book. But if that hadn't happened, I, I had written an entire Goodreads review, like I'd written a review <laughs> in my notes app that was just entirely composed of I hate on. She sucks so much. She's a horrible friend, and she like takes away all of Olive's agency. <laughs> And then on gets called out and apologizes. So I just like furiously deleted it. And I was like, fine, <laughs> like I won't go on a rant about this. <laughs> but oh, so, I hate. So all- basically, I hate on. basically, okay, on 
things to know about her. Um, she's Vietnamese American. Her and Olive met and became friends because they're like the only two girls in their program. And on and they've been like basically, I guess Olive like hasn't had a lot of close friends in her life. Like she talks about everyone else's acquaintances, but she's like on is my home girl. Like she's like the first really close, like, you know, bearer souls to each other. It's she's, like best she's friend. the Christina Yang to Olive's Meredith Gray. Yes, yes. And they do everything together. They, like, hang out, whatever. Ahn is really involved in, like, women in STEM and, like, specifically BIPOC women in STEM, like, um, organizing and groups. And she's, like um, – Which is great. I am very on board with that part of Ahn. <laughs> yeah. So she also, like, brings Olive home with her on holidays and, like, really sweet, whatever. Um, however, right now – so Olive has recently been dating this guy named Jeremy who is Irish. But other than that, doesn't really seem to have much going for him. Yeah. Jer- Jeremy just seems like – like such like just like a white milk toast kind of man except for the fact that he has an irish accent and yeah. he's a ginger so i completely understand why these two hot women like had a crush, <laughs> had a crush on him at some point because like yeah i mean if you're fucking straight and some guy with an irish accent and like flaming red hair waltzes in like your panties are gonna drop to the floor i don't make the fucking rules if you're attracted to men that's how it works and you're american if you're in ireland obviously like everyone's irish actor but if you're an american olive was dating jeremy she wasn't like that into him but whatever they were casually dating and then they all go bowling together and jeremy sees on for the first time and olive is like yeah he's really into her like i can totally tell and i can like even though on won't admit it and like isn't openly acting like she's into him like i can tell that she like also is interested in him and so olive like Jeremy breaks up with Olive or they break up and then uh, Jeremy asks on out, but she's like, no, I can't go out with you. Like girl code, whatever. And even though Olive tells her like repeatedly, it's totally cool. I'm not that into him on still won't go out with him. So Olive who, and we have like a little bit of like, she has been alone for a long time and she's like, this is my, like, finally I have friends and like somewhere to go on the holidays. I don't want to like mess that up. She's like very, I guess, I don't know what I would call it. Like, just like misguided people, please. I don't know. She 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 comes up with this like plan. She has a lot of trauma. Her mom yeah, died when yeah. she was like fourteen. She was in foster care for two years. Like she doesn't have any additional family. Her dad's at has never yeah. been in the picture. Like I get it. Like she had trauma very young, and so she like really holds on tight to like the friends that she has. Yeah, and she wants on to be happy, so she lies to on and tells her that she's going on a date. Okay, so that on will like feel free. She'll be like, well, okay, Olive's moved on. I can finally believe her. Um, and feel free to go on a date with Jeremy. Yeah. And I want to emphasize this is not the part of on that that like I that really like set me off because like I respect on for like respecting the girl code. I do think that if someone tells you multiple times, I'm fine with this. Go ahead and date this guy. Then you should believe them. I'm a very big fan of like being straight with people and then other people like assuming you're being straight with them and <laughs> believing you like but I recognize that a lot of people aren't like that. And so I do respect Ann for wanting to put her friend's feelings above her own interests. This is not the part that sets me off. Sure. Literally everything <laughs> that Ann does, every single time we see her after this point, I am like, like, Ann, get out of here. Transfer schools. Get out of Olive Life. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, Ann is like, Potentially, like, not wanting Olive to be unhappy at all. However, this plan of Olive's backfires because since she doesn't actually have a date, she naturally goes and hangs out at the lab on Saturday night and, like, runs some experiments. <laughs> um, but this backfires when who does she – she, like, goes out for a bathroom break or something. And who does she see waltzing down the hallway but on? And she's like, shit, shit, shit. Like, she's going to know I lied even though – couldn't she just say, like, oh, like – 
my day ended. I don't know, whatever. So naturally, what does she do except turn and see like this random man walking down the hallway, run up to him, quickly whisper, can I kiss you? And without waiting for an, a- for an answer, kiss him. And guess, listener, guess who that man is? Like None other <laughs> than Adam Carlson. <laughs> yes. The fake grad student since actually genius biology professor. So – so when we opened up on the scene, it was already describing the kiss. And then we like we get filled in on what happened. And the kiss was described in terms which I've previously only really heard associated with like – it's like the trigger words for like this is not the hero. It was like the kiss was pleasant, pleasant enough, like blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, I guess this like isn't the hero. But then it heats up and we find out that it was only like pleasant initially because it was like so random and like just Because then he like wraps his like yeah. big meaty hands who can stuck and span her waist around her <laughs> in the classic romance hero way and like they make out for real. Yeah. And on is fooled. And then when, she, when all it like pulls away, she sees the on is left. Yes. Um, and I do like that, you know, even though she doesn't <laughs> – she does theoretically think that she heard Adam say yes when she <laughs> asked him for consent. And so I do appreciate this attempt at consent. It's attempted consent. It's also attempted gaslighting because when they pull away, he's oh, like – great. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> did you just kiss me? And she's like, I see my nope. opportunity. No, no, <laughs> no. Nope. And then he's like, wait a second. And then she's like, nope. And he's like, can you explain this? And she's like, I'm, I'm really sorry, but it's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, go big or go home, Olive. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he pulls out. He's like, all right, I'll just go home and start writing my Title IX complete. And she's like, okay, great. <laughs> thanks. And she's like, shit, shit. Like, <laughs> So – and she gets a hole. She's like, oh, no, I just kissed not just anyone, but Professor Adam Carlson, the biggest dick in the department. He makes his students cry slash throw up slash quit the program. And he's mean to everybody. And I'm sitting here like, I mean, I get this is like a grumpy sunshine, but like that seems really abusive. It, it does. It does. And we get his perspective. But honestly, I was expecting a little bit more of like an explanation there. Like, I was expecting him to have like an equal – like something akin to her like tragic story and why she really cares about her science. Him to be like, yeah, I just like care so much about the answers that I don't want to risk having like any slap shot like um, not up to par science. And that's why I'm so harsh. We didn't get does. that. He doesn't have a tragic backstory, but he is. I mean, listen, I think that with Adam, yeah, his explanation is 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 yeah, basically like I like want to produce good scientists. Like when I criticize people, I criticize their work. He's also at one point like I don't want people Not to base them. their their self-worth in their work. Um, which is a good all those, yeah, good things. Like, yes, you should be giving people constructive criticism. It just seems like he is incapable of giving constructive criticism without yeah, he's being like, like an asshole. Yeah, he's more like, well, at least I don't explicitly make it about them instead of like, I try to reinforce that it's not about them explicitly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she's extra freaked out because she's like, oh no, I just kissed a known dick against yeah. his will. And then she um, she apologizes when he says the Title IX thing. She's like, shit, like I really did just like, you know, sexually assault him like if if he wasn't into it which we find out he's definitely into it Mm -hmm. um she could be in some hot water here but (laughs) yeah and i'm this whole time thinking about i mean i guess it has been three years but this whole book this little there was just this little voice in the back of my mind being like you like that conversation in the bathroom was so impactful for you how do you not recognize this man's voice 
How do you not recognize his voice? Mm, I'm always more suspicious. It just makes less sense to me when people in like books and movies have only heard a voice once and somehow recognize it because the human memory is just so infallible. But they had a long conversation that she like runs over in her mind over and over again. But it was also like a stressful situation. And the more stressful, like the more like, I don't know, like it's like how like eyewitnesses to crimes are like. You would think like, oh, this is like really like something that you'd remember because it's so like traumatic. But no, any yeah. kind of traumaticness makes your memory worse. You know. To be fair, you showed us that video. So Rachel showed sure. us a video once that was like you watch a crime happen and then they show you a lineup and it's like pick the criminal out of the lineup. And it was a trick question because <laughs> I remember looking at the lineup and being like, none of these guys looks like the criminal. But like, I guess one of them has to be. Otherwise, why would they be asking me this question? Well, that's the point. And that, yeah, that's but it was a like controlled actual- experiment. If sure, this was but that's an what it's actual- like. Anyway, none of them was the criminal, and I just guessed one, and Rachel was like, ha, the human memory is infallible. And I was like, well. That was hardly a randomized control trial. There's plenty of other evidence besides just me showing you. No, I believe you. I'm just calling you out on your duplicitousness. (laughs) I'm just like, this is a call-out post. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Olive explains that she's trying to trick her friend on, and Adam rightfully thinks that's really stupid. She's, he's like, why can't you just tell your friend the truth? Like, that's not what friendship is supposed to be like. And I'm like, you're right. You're right, Adam. The, the blame, however, is at Ann's feet, not Olive's. <laughs> it does give him plenty of time to cook up his fake dating. Oh, yes. And um, a plausible motive for him to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at this point, Adam is smelling the fake dating juices on the wind. <laughs> and he is ready to slurp them the fuck up. Yeah, it's uh, so, like a running thing throughout that like Adam allegedly has never seen a rom-com or like read a romance book, but that is that can't be true. Either that or he's just like hardwired. He like, has the <laughs> fake dating playbook memorized. Like <laughs> he knows. Okay, so the only other thing important thing that happens in that scene is so Olive runs away. She's like, you should file the Title IX complaint, I guess. And then she runs away. Um, she's a runner. She's a track star. <laughs> and um, at the end of the chapter, Run. it's like, Olive didn't even realize that, like... He's like, wait, Olive. That, like, yeah, that he knew her name. And I'm like, he knows her name because he's in love with her. <laughs> yeah, because she's constantly thinking, like, oh, this apartment is so huge. Like, there's so many faculty. I can't even count the mailboxes. There's no way he, like, recognizes me. Yeah, because However, she she's never had a class with him. He's not on her like thesis committee. Like he doesn't interact with her. Like they work in different realms of biology. So mm-hmm. she's like, no way he knows who I am. But yeah. I, of course, know who he is because he's a hotshot scientist. Yeah. Okay. Now, the next day, the next day, she's like, Olive's hanging out in the break room and Ann comes up to her and is like, what the fuck? You're dating Adam Carlson? Like, how could you not tell me? And Olive has to be like, oh, he's really nice. And like, I just think it's like, I, I don't know why. I guess Ann is suspicious, but I feel like Ann would be more suspicious and like ask for more details of like, how did you end up going on a date with this professor? Like how, who well, initiated it? Where did this come she from? She doesn't have time because yes. our good boy Adam, who has allegedly never seen a rom-com in his <laughs> life, rolls on up and puts his hand on Olive's back and is like, oh, hello, ladies. And <laughs> And he's like, I, of course, I am her boyfriend. Why would you ever think otherwise? And Anna's <laughs> like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she leaves. To and then Olive's like, out. fuck Jeremy. 
Wait, wait, aside. Yeah. Aside, before before Adam comes up, Olive is like, on, why don't you go ask Jeremy to that horror festival you want to go to this weekend so that I don't have to go with you and have nightmares for six months? And like, honestly, if that doesn't prove how good of a friend Olive is to go when you're someone who gets nightmares from horror movies, which I am, to like willingly go to a horror movie festival. Like- yeah. And fr- frankly, conversely, if that doesn't show how shitty a friend on is, why would you continually ask your yeah. friend to go to this thing they give like yeah as someone who like has seen all of like two horror movies in my life and both like still has fucking nightmares about both of them like my friends know yeah. to not ask me or to like not suggest a horror like never yeah. on why are you getting all of to go with you to this horrible festival there's like mm-hmm. marathon of horror of horror movies come on yeah. on <laughs> So uh, so on leaves and Adam and Oliver left and Olive's like, thanks for saving my my butt, dude. And he's like, I don't know. What does he even say? He's like, you're welcome. Yeah, something. Anyway, this all ends in them agreeing to fake date. Isn't this later on when she comes to his office? No, no, no. They just, they just like talk, right? And then she goes and gets some coffee and checks her emails. And this is when we find out her like scheme. So her advisor, Dr. Aishabal Aslan, um, is planning to Which- retire – just yeah and aside i should call aslan i didn't even have to write down that name i don't know why that name is so memorable but it's just like it feels like it could be the name of literally every physics professor (laughs) in the united states yeah like pick a physics professor like put them all in a room and ask them to raise their hands as whose name is i should call aslan (laughs) and i guarantee like 50 percent of them will raise their hand like i don't know it's just so viscerally like As a physics professor name. who was a physics major, I can confirm. Um, so Aishikal Aslan is retiring earlier than planned because her husband's sick. And therefore, that means she's like not as interested in getting like grant money. And the lab is like not that as well funded as it was. And so Olive needs to find another source of funding for to finish her experiment. Um, no, she her, needs like, another lab. Yeah, and therefore yeah. she's looking for another lab to spend like the next academic year. So she's been contacting all these professors across the country, and now in this coffee house scene, we get a response from one of them, and it's from Tom Benton at Harvard, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, your research sounds really interesting. I don't know why I'm giving an Australian accent. Why are you giving I'm not, an Australian the, accent? I'm not going to slander the Australian people like that. Yeah, your, come on. Your research sounds really interesting. I am coming to Harvard hey, soon. No, 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 no. It's more like. <laughs> Hey Olive, your your yes. research sounds yes. really interesting. Uh, I would love to have a chat with you. I'll be at Stanford next week <laughs> to meet with a collaborator. Why don't we talk then? <laughs> XOXO, Tom Benton, aka Daddy's Boy. No, it's Cheers, Tom Benton, which is another should have been a huge red flag. Honestly, um, I don't know if anyone outside academia says that, but. <laughs> They know. do. Again, I've already told you, I have multiple people I email with on a regular basis who say cheers. Some of them are British, though, mm-hmm. if that helps. So Olive is, like, elated at this. She's like, yes, I'm going to get to, like, finish and cure pancreatic cancer. However, she notices also that she sees Jeremy sitting across the coffee shop, and he's, like, looking at her weird and giving her some side eye, and she, like, waves, and he quickly looks away. And she's like, that's weird. And then she realizes that, like, other people are staring at her and like Jeremy's friend comes up and they start like whispering about her and she's like uh what the fuck and then she runs into Malcolm her other best friend and roommate and he's like I'm not talking to you and she's like what and he's like I'm not talking to you I heard you're dating 
Adam Carlson, my sworn enemy, because Malcolm is one of those <laughs> aforementioned students who have been brought to tears by Adam. And so he like yeah. he has a huge grudge. And so Olive is like, wait, 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 but how did you find out? And he's like, oh, on told Jeremy and Jeremy told everyone. <sighs> so we got strike one against on and we have more proof that jeremy is nothing but a milk toast irish like white boy hidden behind an irish accent <laughs> my god snitch so olive is understandably freaking out she's like this is like really i feel like that, that is really like it's not something you want everyone to find out especially if it's like not true yeah that's it's- so it just it proves even if it is true, like if I told my best friend that I was dating a professor, which isn't technically like not allowed in this situation because Adam and Olive don't work together, but like is still a very low key scandalous thing yeah. to happen that's going to like change how people view me. For sure. If I told my best friend that that was the case and then she told some dick bag my ex-boyfriend I mean, they don't think he's a dick bag she told someone else Her and then they told our whole fucking program like at this point i'd be like on this is you know i was fine with you dating jeremy before but now that he has so thoroughly betrayed <laughs> me absolutely not like kick jeremy to the fucking curb yeah no, he can't be trusted like i just can't understand these are all intelligent people they are in a STEM PhD program. And you're telling me neither on nor Jeremy has the ounce of common sense that necess- that like would be necessary to know not to spread a rumor about your friend <laughs> dating a professor? Are yeah. you kidding me? It seems like yeah, no instruction manual needed on that one. Um, so Olive understandably starts freaking out. And she's like, oh, I got to go talk to this about this with Adam. And so she like packs up her shit, runs into Adam's lab and naturally just like causes even more gossip by like interrupting all these grad students and demanding to speak with him. And yeah. as she's like coming to his office, like this girl, this undergrad girl walks out like crying and she knocks on the door <laughs> and walks in and he's like, my office hours ended five minutes ago. Get the fuck out. And she's like, it's me. And he's like, it's you. Which like. <laughs> and he's like, the, my love? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my queen? The love like, of my life? <laughs> like, Why are you constantly making people cry? Also, if it's a fucking undergrad, there's no need for that. That's just being a total. You don't even. You can't even hide behind the excuse of like, I need to produce good yeah. science. No undergrad is producing science. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> anyway, Olive tells him about the fake dating and outside, no, no. exteriorly. No. No, Olive is like panicking and she's like, people are saying this about us. Like, this is terrible. We need to like tell them that we broke up. We 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 can tell them that um, I broke up with you. And he's like, oh, thanks. And she's like, or that you broke up with me. And he's like, as if they believe that. And she's like, what does that mean? Huh. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, why is he so calm about this? Why am I like sh- shouldering this burden and freaking out all by myself? And well, then he's that's like, what I'm saying. He's Olive, like, Olive is like, oh my God, everyone thinks we're dating. And on the inside, yeah. on the outside, Adam is like, completely like stone-faced he's like what's the problem and on the inside he's like <laughs> doing a dance on a little jig he's like this is amazing this is, this is like all of this is i'm thrilled yes so he's like what if we just don't and she's like what he's just like what if we just let them think we're dating you know just casual fake dating and she's like what and he's like, yeah, you know, I could totally get something out of it too. Yeah, Olive is like, what's in it for you? And Ad- like Adam in his head, the fulfillment of all of my wildest dreams. <laughs> I'm out loud. I want more research money. Yeah. And I'm like, you sneaky <laughs> little bastard. And this is when Adam like 
metaphorically whips out the fake dating playbook. And like, I don't know anything about sports, but this is definitely the point where like, Adam flips to play number one or whatever the fuck, <laughs> like the opening bit, like pretend that this fake dating equally benefits both of you yeah. in order to win your true love. Yes. And Adam is like, check, let's <laughs> fake date. So I, for one, one thing, I actually, I found this like really satisfying like justification for why they're fake dating. It's honestly a little weaker on all of them, like for the whole on thing. But like, I hate, I don't like when it's just like, just so obviously like see like no reason for them to fake date. I don't know. I feel like this is actually plausible because he's like Stanford thinks that I'm a flight risk because I'm like such a good scientist and I'm always like constantly people want to recruit me away like other schools. And so they've frozen like half my research funds. So if I convince them that I have a girlfriend, then they'll think that I'm like, especially a girlfriend who's in a PhD program, they'll think that I'm planning to stick around and they'll let me have my money. So that's like very plausible. Like, honestly, I don't know if that's the most effective way to convince them that you're staying. Like, I guess buying, I guess it's cheaper than buying a house. Yeah. Which he also hasn't done. He rents. Yeah. It's very plausible. It's not like some shit like, oh, I just can't let people think I'm not a womanizer. Like, I don't even know. It's always like the most flimsy thing, whatever. So yeah, they like, he like pitches this. And then she – and this is when they have the no bike lanes thing because he's like, oh, do you need a ride home? And she's like, nah, I bike. And he's like, there are no bike lanes around here, young lady. Stern, stern <laughs> brunch daddy gets upset. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you can't put your safety at risk. And, like, ah, and he's like, do you even have a helmet? So they agree to fake date. But <laughs> they're both like, what do we do on dates? Because <laughs> they're such big nerds <laughs> that they don't know. So – Olive's like, have you considered getting a real girlfriend? And he's like, have you considered getting a real date? <laughs> like, touche. <laughs> and just roast each other the whole conversation. Yeah. And Olive's like, we need ground rules. Like, this will get tricky. And Adam's like, how many times have you done this? And she's like, zero. But I am familiar with the trope. <laughs> I just love, I love that kind of like, I love yeah. the acknowledgement. Like, the break in the fourth wall. And Adam um, is like, well, of course I'm familiar with the trope. I have this like scrapbook that I made in my pocket that I'm following. But exteriorly he's like what are you talking about I, what, that's crazy what? also when when he first tells her he's a flight risk she's like oh my god he's a felon on parole he's like <laughs> for yeah. like throwing he thinks it's because she he threw like a petri dish dish at one of his like students <laughs> yeah. once and so he's like on parole for yeah. assault <laughs> which uh spoiler alert for the end of the book uh could be something that eventually happens <laughs> yeah so olive's like okay so if we're gonna be like fake dating we need to be seen around campus like at least a few times which like i guess i don't know it's weird to me because simultaneously we're told that this department is like huge and not everyone knows everyone and it's like so big and olive only has like her two friends and everyone else is just like she barely knows them but also somehow like it's critical that they're seen in public but whatever i'll like suspend disbelief for that well if a professor and a student are dating in your department, even if you don't know who they are, you're going to learn quick. Like you're going to be looking up sure. this girl's Facebook and immediately like trying to get all the like tea on her. Sure. But are they really going to be suspicious if they don't see them together? You know, I feel like I would just assume that they're like doing things outside like off campus. No, but they need they need people to be talking about it because uh, yeah. Adam needs to be seen as settling down. That's true. So yeah. yeah, so they're like, what can we do together? And like you said, like, she's like, what do you do for fun? And he's like, uh, she's like, what do you do when you're not at work and you're at home? And he's like, well, sometimes I work from home also. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I go to the gym um, and like, what else? But then he's like, well, what do you do for fun? And she like can't think of anything. 
However, throughout this book, she's like constantly doing fun things with her friends. She's like, Ans coming over for beer and s'mores. She's like baking with Malcolm. They're like going to picnics. Like, I don't know. It just seems. But I feel like it's one of those moments, the same thing when someone is like, when you're like, oh, I like to read romance. And someone's like, oh, recommend me some romance. And right. then your brain has like a 404 error. And you're like, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I have never read a romance book in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. They also <laughs> both like to run because Adam says he likes to run and Olive thinks like, oh, I like running too. And like later, like it's mentioned a few times. She's like, I run two marathons a year, but it's never mentioned like they don't mention it to each other. It's never like a mutual thing that like comes up despite the fact they have it in common. But I don't know. Whatever. I just assume it's just a fun background. Thing. Yeah. Anyway. Olive is also like no sex, no sex rule. And, and like, what? <laughs> I, I would have thought that would have been unspoken. Meanwhile, in his head, Adam is like, God fucking ah. damn it. Like this sets me three plays back. I actually don't understand why she feels the need to say that. In general, on fake dating, like why would you ever need to do anything in private to fool people? You know what I mean? Like no one's ever going to yeah. see that unless you're exhibitionists. <laughs> okay so malcolm's still mad at her yeah and he's like i can't believe you would date adam um and she's like malcolm it's fake like it's all a scam to get on to date jeremy and he's like oh that's insane but like fine whatever <laughs> like <laughs> so just malcolm just keep in the back of your mind that malcolm has is in on it like from the beginning yeah um which makes some things that malcolm does later on a little bit rude yes (laughs) very rude yeah malcolm's whole thing is that he just like likes to sleep around with all people he's like bi or pansexual he's a slutty bisexual yeah which is a little bit of a stereotype so i don't love it but whatever um and he also has parents that he wants to go work in industry versus academia and Mm -hmm. his parents are like who are academics are like that's stupid. That's like one reason he was so mad at Adam making him redo stuff in the beginning because he's like trying to put in the minimum effort and just like graduate, which like honestly, I feel that. It's like so annoying when like – and then here we have like Adam being like, I just want you to be the best scientist and academic and Malcolm's like, fuck that. Like I just like let me fucking graduate. I just want to date high six figures. That's what I want. Like no thank you. Don't care about tenure. Yeah. So now we have fake dating Wednesdays. Yeah, which is their coffee meetups at the campus Starbs where Adam buys Olive hundreds of dollars worth of pumpkin spice. Honestly, which goals. is excellent. Yeah. While also like telling her that she shouldn't eat so much sugar because he's <laughs> stern brunch daddy. But important, very, very important thing to know about this first date and about all of Adam's casual dress is that Adam's go-to casual dress is a Henley. For those of you that are not aware what a Henley is, I will give you approximately five seconds to Google it. I guarantee you have seen one before. Ready? <laughs> okay. Now that you know what a Henley is, you also know if you read any sort of contemporary romance that the Henley is second only to the button down white shirt with sleeves rolled up to the elbows in terms of clothing to show that a hero is sexy that are used by romance novelists. So Adam walks in in this really well-fitting black Henley. Naturally, it's black because he's Kylo Ren. And Olive is like, oh my God, I never noticed before that Adam is hot. And I am like, ma'am, 
I'm supposed to believe that you are a rom-com and romance novel aficionado and you aren't aware of the Henley rule? Like, are you kidding me? What? Like, I swear to fucking God, I have never read a contemporary in which the hero has not been described as wearing a Henley at least once. At least once. And I agree that Henleys are great, but I'm like, Olive, you're full of shit. Here's the thing. We know that Olive watches rom-coms like with her eyes. We don't know that she reads romance books. And I'm going to be honest. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Why? Why? You brought this up when I first brought this up. And then later on in the book, later on in the book, she specifically says all the rom-coms I've watched and the romance novels I've read. So Olive explicitly thinks I have read romance novels, which means that she knows. She knows. The idea of a Henley is much sexier than a Henley in execution most of okay, the time. I'm, in my I'm opinion. just saying. I'm just saying that this is this is how it works. Yeah. Like I'm so, just saying this is the deal. <laughs> it's Henley is hot. Adam walks in and naturally he like orders his black coffee because of course he like doesn't eat sugar. He only eats vegetable. He only eats vegetable and black coffee. And maybe hamburger <laughs> occasionally. Um, and naturally Olive orders exactly what I would order, pumpkin spice and like food and whatever yeah, no and adam adam in yeah. this situation sometimes what? i like splurge and get a hot chocolate but it's either <laughs> like it's usually a black cold brew that's what i get that's my starbucks so order adam is like i'm paying and she's like you don't have to pay like that's so sexist which like whatever i can get into that like take the free shit where you can ladies um you ain't getting it you ain't getting it for free anywhere else <laughs> you get paid 75 <laughs> like you deserve to have um, your shit paid for <laughs> and he's like it's not because you're a woman it's because i'm way richer than you because i'm a professor and you're freaking poor and she's like yeah fair and so she like loads up and gets like a ton more like scones and shit and i'm like just, it's I just great. imagining like all of like <laughs> scooping all of like the chip and muffins just in yeah. her arms and walking up like, to the counter and being like, hello. Because <laughs> at the end, she's like, thank you for buying me three days worth of food. And I'm like, either she's like a severe calorie deficit or like she's bought the entire fucking Starbucks. And I choose no, to believe the latter. what she needs to do, they have those like Starbucks, like the snack packs with like the cheese and the fruit and the crackers. And they also have like the sandwiches. So all you got to do is get like five boxes of those. And there you go. It's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Like, woo. <laughs> so also, okay, okay, we get the scene, the scene, okay? This is the scene. I brought this up in the hating game, but it's the scene where like some kind of service worker is like obviously eyeing the hero. So it's like the way the blonde barista was staring at Adam, but he wasn't paying attention at all because he's too into the heroine. That's like the classic, like, yeah. So we get that at this point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they buy the things. They go sit down. These coffee dates are only supposed to be like 10 minutes. So they're not super long. Um, But Olive is like, oh, where did you grow up? And Adam says he grew up in The Hague because his mom was a (laughs) diplomat. And those of you who are smarter than me are probably like, yeah, of course, The Hague. Hague. It's a city in the Netherlands. And no matter how many times I look up The Hague, no matter how many times I hear that, which is strangely frequently, like I don't know why The Hague is like such a popular like spot included in books and movies, (laughs) but it is. But every time I picture a prison. I don't know why the word, the phrase, the Hague just sounds like a fucking prison. 
And like, I'm like, Adam grew up in jail. Like, what? It, like in the Netherlands? Like, I know it's in the Netherlands, but it just sounds like it's like like Rikers Island. Like, it's like telling me like I grew up in Alcatraz. It does sound like a super secure location for sure. Like, if not a prison, like a castle fortress. Yes. Like, it sounds the Ice Palace for people who have read Six of Crows. I think it's called the Ice Palace, but that's what I'm picturing when I picture the Hague. Just like super secure fortress slash castle slash like center of government. Yes. Yeah. I think this is also the time when she asked him about his favorite color. Oh, and yeah. he's like, I don't have a favorite color. What are you talking about? Uh, I guess black. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I never understand why people feel the need to act like they're too good for the favorite color question or like they're – or like what's even more baffling is being confused by the idea of having a favorite color because like is that not – like your entire childhood, that's just like – it's on the level of like knowing how to get out of quicksand in like things that are drilled <laughs> in so that you need to have down pat. But yeah, Adam's like, oh, black, I guess. And the, but then Olive is also like uh, white, I guess. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, Rachel, ask me what my favorite color is. What's your favorite color, Allison? Blue. Blue. It's been blue since I was three years old. And I'm not changing now. <laughs> my color, my favorite color will be blue for the next 60 fucking years. I have a complicated relationship with that question because my initials spell a color. And I have a vivid memory of like being in first grade and thinking like, you know, I would, I kind of like some of the other crayons better, but... I don't want to insult my namesake crayon and like apologizing to the red crayon because I couldn't use it all the time. <laughs> I do associate. I don't know what you're – I do. In my mind, I'm like, I oh, guess Rachel's favorite color is red. And like – Yeah, of course. And some level, I know that's not true necessarily, but I couldn't tell you. I couldn't take even a stab in the dark of what your favorite – maybe green? I would maybe say purple. coral. Coral? Coral? Yeah. So <laughs> – so Olive's anyway. like, after having that like awkward combo, Olive's like, all right, like this is awkward, time to go. And Adam, in his unstated internal monologue, he's like, shit, shit, can't let her go, can't let her go. And he's like, uh, wait, uh, where were you born? <laughs> and <laughs> he's living his fake dating dreams. He's not ready for yeah. the dream to be over. Yeah, he's reeling her back in. Um, and that's when she tells him about like growing up in Canada and oh yeah, and he like tells her more about like his funds being locked up. And I just don't understand, like, wouldn't locking up his funds, like, make him want to leave? Like, why would Stanford – I just feel like that's counterproductive. Also, why is Stanford – like, Stanford is such a good school. Like, why are they that afraid of losing people? Like, is Harvard really that much more prestigious than Stanford? I just think Adam is – biology. Maybe they're worried that, like, they're going to pay Adam more and so he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. He's a hot shot. It seems like that would make scientist. you want to leave. Yeah. Well, the only thing that the only reason they think he's going to leave is because he just got a grant um, yeah. with Tom Benton. We don't know who, who it is works yet. at Harvard. We don't know who it is yet. We don't and know who he is. We know that he got a grant with someone who works at Harvard. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, he's going to move to Harvard. Yeah. So they go outside, and this is the first time the word petrichor is used. They're like, hmm, the smell of petrichor. Now, if you don't know that word, if that's not in your vocabulary, think of, like, what that evokes for you. For me, it evokes, like, chemicals and, like, just, like, burning nostril shit. But apparently it means the smell of freshly fallen rain, which is much more pleasant. Which is very lovely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, not only is this a book about academia, but you really do learn some things because you learn what petrichor is now and then it's mentioned later on for a second time in the book and it's reinforced. And I now know that the smell of rain is called petrichor, (laughs) (laughs) which does, I agree, sound like some sort of chemical that would burn the inside of my nose. Like, for example, when I was when I was like in the sixth grade, what was it? So I used to get nosebleeds all the time um, and 
mom took me to an ENT who burned the inside of my mm-hmm. nose I with like that some sort of chemical something um basically like the reason i was getting nosebleeds was because my the capillaries or whatever were are like too close to the surface so like they get like like opened easily in my nose mm-hmm. um so he was like oh it'll scar over and then like you won't get nosebleeds anymore um and that's pet it seems to me like it feels instinctually like petrichor is the chemical that he yeah. used in that situation yeah. even though it's definitely not <laughs> i mean it's like it's like an amalgam of petrol and like chlorine so like very abrasive things. Overall, very like not fun. Yeah. Listen, sometimes scientists are great at naming things because sometimes they like name birds like Dickhead McDickhead because like it's a <laughs> bird that like bit him and like that's a scientific name and it's like wonderful. And then sometimes they name a delicious smell Petrichor. So hit or miss, hit or miss with the scientists. Well, apparently this word originated in the 60s and it's a blend of Petro, which means relating to rocks. And Icor, which is like, you know, the blood of the gods, right? Yeah. It's funny. Relating to rocks? It's about rain. I understand. That's the complete opposite. It's the earthy (laughs) scent produced when rain falls on dry soil. So it's not just any rain. I don't really – I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that specific scent is. Like, I don't know. I'm sure that's like – Look at these rocks. (laughs) Look at these rocks. I'm sure that's like heresy to some people out there, but – so Olive goes home, checks her email. Who does she hear back for? But fucking Tom Benton. And he's like, we're going to have a meeting. I'm going to be in Stanford. Why <laughs> don't we have a meeting next Wednesday at 2 p.m. or sometime? Why is your voice? Why is the voice changed so much? Has just do a different it? voice every time. Yeah, it used to be a bro voice. Now it's like a hoity-toity. Oh, I know. I got it in my head that he's, a, he's like a Connecticut Yankee. <laughs> no, that one was like 16th century dandy and derogative, like <laughs> derogatory. <laughs> derogatory. Derogatory. <laughs> so she's like, she's like freaking out. Yeah. But the only, the really only thing that happens in this, the week between these two fake dating Wednesdays is that um, Olive is just constantly using their fake relationship to get free stuff slash oh, yeah. research. Cause like everyone's afraid to like steal her pipettes or like switch her TAing time slots and like all of this shit now. Cause <laughs> they think Adam is going to bring down the wrath of God, which frankly, from what I know he about would. his character, he absolutely would bring down the wrath of God on anyone who fucked his <laughs> girlfriend. Um, but she's like, she's like, you know, I feel a little bit guilty, but also like academia is a cutthroat world, and like I'm gonna use whatever I can <laughs> to get ahead. And also, I don't want to have to keep like buying new pipettes because people keep stealing mine. And I'm like, yeah, Olive, like, yeah, use it, <laughs> yeah. So Olive like hates public speaking. Like she's good at she's like the stereotypical good at science, bad at talking type of gal. Which is very, I think, frankly, side note, like very unfair to expect academics to be extroverts, which seems to be like the vibe that I'm getting from like Adam and Olive's like constant conversations that like you constantly have to like network with people and like give talks and like in order to like get research money. And I'm like, academia, like of all the 
uh, like of all the professions, academia seems the most suited to like <laughs> introverted nerds who just want to like hang out with mice all day. And like you're telling me that they have to be extroverts. I don't know about networking constantly, but you uh, you need good communication skills because like how else are you getting like you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how much you know if you can't like communicate it to other people. Sure, but there's a difference between being able to like write up a good paper and like having to give a presentation yeah. in front of like 300 people. Yeah, no, for sure. I, yeah, I hate that. And like but... he's con- he, Adam is like yeah you. Con- Constantly have to be like, um, like schmoozing people for money and like. Oh yeah, I don't know about that. That's like not a thing in my field. That sounds like it would suck ass. So Olive like spends a sleepless night like practicing a presentation and annoying Malcolm like until he finally like throws a lemon at her or something and he's like go practice in your room, (laughs) and then she like wakes up and she's like shit I can't wear my like baggy jeans and like ripped up t shirt like I normally would and so she like has to come up with an outfit. So she shows up to. Fake dating Wednesdays because her meeting with Tom isn't until later in the day. But like she's already obviously gotten dressed for it. So she shows up to the coffee date and who appears but little dick Tom Benton to just show how much of a dickwad he is in his first scene. And we were kind of like – she tries to throw us off the scent a little because his handshake, I noticed this. It was like he had a nice grip, firm and soft, which like normally the baddie would be like. His handshake was really sweaty in contrast to the rest of him. <laughs> Tom's like, hey, Adam, bro, like I got my stuff all moved into your house. And Adam's like, hey, Olive, have you met my best friend forever, Tom Benton? No, 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 no. Holden is his best friend. Sure, sure, sure. Rachel. But like, yeah. Close personal friend Tom Benton, but not in the number one slot. And collaborator. Yeah. And Olive's like, shit, shit, shit. And then Tom's like, who's this? And Olive's like, oh, I can still save this. And Adam's like, this is Olive. And Tom's like, oh, you're the – and Olive tries to be like, I'm the student you're supposed to be meeting with. And Tom's like, you're the girlfriend we've all heard so much about up in Boston. (laughs) And Adam's like, what? Like, how has it gotten to Boston? He's like, And Tom's like, oh, well, you're the hot commodity in the science world. Like, all the ladies are after you. And so, like, fair. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. And, but Olive's like, oh, actually, like, I also was supposed to meet with you to, like, come work in your lab. And Tom's like, oh, well, why don't we just do it right now? And Olive's like, shit, shit, shit. And Tom's like, so tell me what's cool about your research. Like, the worst question ever. But Adam back, and she, her brain freezes, which, like, I totally. Totally empathize with like this has happened to me on many an interview. Like it's just like the worst. Yes, like just complete blank. Um, but Adam intervenes and he's like, "What the fuck kind of question? Stupid question is that, bro? You should ask her real questions. Here, this, this, and this real question." And then Tom is like, "Sure, I'm asking you that." And so then Olive explains, and then Tom is like, "Well, why do you want to do this? Pancreatic cancer is pretty niche." Olive is like, "Oh, I want to come up with a blood test for early detection," and I'm like, "Hmm." Are you the next Elizabeth Holmes? Like, is this like a Theranos scam, Olive? We've seen this before. (laughs) (laughs) Magic early detection. Yeah. Yeah, She's actually doing the years of research required. She's not scamming (laughs) people with her weirdly deep voice and her mystical hypnotizing eyes like Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Tom is like, why do you want to do this? Like, pancreatic cancer is a very niche subject like field of study and like you're also like not even in your final year yet like it's rare for people to like know what they want to study so early on and she gets all clammy because obviously she wants to study it because her mom had cancer no 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 tom outright asks her did you know someone with it and she's like oh yeah my mom and he's like did she die 
And he's like, he like asked her all these personal questions. And yeah, so if you didn't know Tom was a dick already, like, woohoo, here you go, like slapped in the face with it with like a wet fish. Yeah. My mouth dropped when he asked this. When I was yeah, the I was first like, time, what? I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, this is someone we're supposed to like because like I didn't know Tom was the villain. Yeah. And like, there's a lot more red flags that like pop up for On Tom the like, reading, in the second yeah. reading. But like the first time, I was like, and honestly, that's my favorite kind of villain. The yeah. villain where you're like, I feel kind of nasty about you, but it seems like I'm supposed to like you. And so I, you don't know whether the author just like doesn't know how to write characters who aren't assholes or like whether like they're setting up the villain. And I like when it turns out to be the villain. For sure. And there's, But it's not like it comes out of nowhere because like if you go back and look at it again, it's like obvious that it's being set yes. up. But it's like at the time, it's like it's like um the opposite of Frozen, okay? <laughs> because in Frozen, from the very beginning, I was like, there's no way this can be the actual love interest for Anna because like it's too soon. It's just too soon. This is not how this is not how it goes. But then I was so I was watching the entire movie for like signs that he was evil and I couldn't like see anything. And then lo and behold, he's evil at the end. But this yeah. is like the opposite of that. <laughs> so when he asked about her, when Tom asked about her mom, he's like, did your mom die? Adam is like, dude, stop. And it's described as less of a warning yes. and more of a threat. Yes. And I was like, ooh, that's my catnip, baby. I like, love that. That is what I like to see. I also wrote that down. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> and then Tom asked her for a full report of her research. Um, By like and two this days is from a red now. flag. Yeah, this is a red flag I noticed where I was like, oh, he's asking for, like, all of her research and, like, all of her info. Like, bad, bad. He's going to steal her shit. Oh, that is not what I – Later on. He does try to do it, but I did not think of that at all. I was no, like, this upon is second total... reading, Upon second mm-hmm. reading, I was like, I was don't like, do that, is... Olive. Like, never tell, ev- like, someone everything. <laughs> I was like, this seems, like, totally on par for, like, just random thing that you'd be asked to do in, like, two days, which is exactly the time yeah. frame that he gives her. And she's like, okay, I guess I just won't sleep and I'll, like, yep. dissect a bunch of mice. Which, just side note, I just, like, hate – there's not – it doesn't happen a lot. We're not at all, like, hit over the head with this. But I just hate even, like, the one or two reminders that she, like, does mean things to mice for a living. Like, it's just, like, icky. I don't know. I know I'm not going to be the person who's sitting here and saying we, like – shouldn't experiment on animals in any situation and honestly like detection for pancreatic cancer was probably up there in like things that are definitely worthy causes however it's just still so bizarre to me that that's like part of our society and we're all just like chill with it and don't even talk about it like yeah it doesn't make sense in a lot of cases because like animals don't react to things in some cases it does but i'm saying like i feel like i'm not qualified to decide like what is and isn't valid it's just like weird it's just very like well, incongruent with the rest like of I'm our thinking ethos specifically about like makeup testing like most makeup doesn't react to animals and like sure. the way it does to humans so like there's just because something's safe for a rabbit doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it'll be safe for a human it's just very like ends justify the means which is like usually something that overtly as a society i feel like we are very against you know like I just feel like on on our on the face, like that's something that is very much like allegedly, no. right? But like when you dig deeper, it's like there's a bunch, it's like disturbing things like this, yeah, yeah. Um, but Tom is giving a talk uh, the next day, and he's like, "Are you coming to my talk?" And Olive is like, "I had no fucking idea you were giving a talk," <laughs> but she was she's like, "Yeah, of course." And Adam is like, "I'll email you. I'll email you the details yeah. because apparently we're living in 1999." <laughs> and um, so then they go to the talk the next day, and it's very very crowded because like 
half the department had it made like mandatory for their no, students. No, it's like, yeah, like other departments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so Ann and Olive are going um, and they're like squeezing up to the front and they get pushed up to the front by uh, the crowd and Olive bumps into Adam. And this is um, has a strike number two for Ann because Ann is like, there aren't very many chairs. You should sit on your boyfriend's lap during this presentation so I can have a seat. And I'm like, on what the fuck? And she doesn't just like, like she doesn't just like suggest that as like a throwaway. Olive's like, oh no, I couldn't. And Ann's like, come on, you got to do it. Do it for my toes. Do it, do it, do it. And like finally like yeah. bullies Olive into doing it. And that's the thing. Like when Ann gets called out on all this shit later, she's like, oh, I was just trying to help you. Like I was just trying to like tell you that like you could be openly affectionate with your boyfriend that like to yeah. show that you had the option. And I'm like, never in any of these situations did you give Olive an option. Like no. you just steamroll right over her and i don't like it and also sitting on someone's lap all of sitting on his lap she's sitting on one leg because she specifically is like my knees are tucked between his legs which just sounds vastly vastly uncomfortable like even if you're even if this they were real dating that just still sounds like something for like an hour-long presentation that would be horrible but it's like olive's like one of her only excuses to like be physically close to him so i feel like here's my recon on this it's not actually comfortable but she's just like so into him and she's like the, the chemistry is like covering up any like actual physical discomfort. She's like, you know, the fizz. Um, well, see, I also – my excuse was that Adam just had like really meaty thighs. And oh, so yeah. Was, like, actually oh, yeah. Wide enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I might have meaty thighs too. Okay. One of my friends has this dog that like will not sit on anyone's lap. But whenever I've been near her, she like sits on my lap for like hours. So like I think I might have that those type of goods so. too. I think there's a very big difference it's between a, a dog and a person. <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> Yeah. The whole scene, I'm also thinking, I'm like, is Adam just like furiously trying to hold a boner down? Like oh, this for sure. Time? I'm like, this poor man. And like, how does Olive not feel it? Because Adam canonically has a huge dick. Yeah. So I'm like, this poor guy is probably like, like grandmas dead puppies blood like the whole talk (laughs) at one point she's like oh i didn't notice but i like slid down his leg and he had to like grab me and pull me up and i'm like wow like that's just and then she like almost falls asleep against his chest his like big beefy chest which yes adam driver has a very very wide beefy chest because adam driver is a former marine so picture that kind of body and then she's like oh yeah and like i noticed that like the crowd had gotten thinner and there's like empty seats but i still didn't move which also speaks pretty speaks ill of tom's speaking abilities if people are like trickling out throughout the hour-long presentation (laughs) well if i went to this presentation and there was nowhere to sit Right. But enough – I mean, here's the thing though. Enough such that not only is it not standing room only, there's also empty seats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Holden Rodriguez is also there and he's sitting next to Adam and he's like – We haven't introduced him, Holden. Give it him the Holden gets up. introduced very late. Sure, sure. Holden Rodriguez is Adam's best friend and he also works at Stanford and they like met each other as diplomat children in yeah. the hate <laughs> in prison. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> bonded and in Malcolm – Olive's roommate Malcolm has a huge crush on Holden and has had for like years. He's like, do you remember that time? Do you remember that time he winked at me at the picnic two years ago? Some say he had something in his eye, but I say it. Olive's like, that was me. I said he had something in his eye. I say every time you tell me the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the talk ends. They go outside. 
right? Okay. And on and Oliver just like standing around chatting. And lo and behold, someone like one of the like department administrators or something has had like a car mishap, right? And so there's just like a big ass truck blocking everyone from getting out, which like, first of all, it's kind of rude to just even like own a truck in this day and age, but whatever. Yeah, I love it. So everyone's like, everyone's complaining until lo and behold does he take his shirt off for this i can't remember no unfortunately not his shirt is on adam stomps on in and just single-handedly pushes the truck like out of the way he just like does it he he chats with the secretary and some dickhead fellow grad students next to olive like why are they just standing there chatting like what dicks i have to go home and prepare for my dissertation yeah and then Barb, I think it's Barb. It's the secretary, the head of gossip in the department. Yeah. Um, she gets in the truck and I guess puts in in neutral, and then Adam like pushes it away, and everyone is like, "Oh my gosh, I just creamed a little in my pants." And <laughs> Olive especially is like, "Oh, I creamed a lot in my pants." And then like everyone cheers and like drives off. And then uh, 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 on the uh, boundary crossing. Lady of the century. Breaking. Like, Not in a good way. Derogatory. Dear old Odd, the fake feminist, forcing her friend to essentially like public PDA that she's yes. clearly uncomfortable with. Yes. She's like, go give him a kiss, Adam. I mean, Olive, go give him a kiss. He just pushed the truck out of the way. Go give him a kiss. Go give him a, go give him a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls out a knife, like holds it to Adam. Yeah. Throat. Go, bitch. <laughs> And so Olive goes up to Adam and she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. She's like, we really don't need to kiss. And Adam's like, no, no, I didn't mean that. We can kiss. But I was like, what? No. <laughs> like pulls out the Vaseline, like spreads it all over his lips and is like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> um, and he's, I think I like this quote for some reason. His cheekbones were dusted with bread. I don't know. So he's like blushing. Yeah. That is a good, that's yeah. a good quote. Yeah. And then they kiss. So anyway, they kiss. In front of everyone, in front of the whole goddamn department, yes, after it's just, just like oh, so, I just like in what fucking universe I is this like a personally, good thing? I just like don't like PDA in general. Like not for other people. I'm not gonna like sit there and judge you, but like for me personally, it's just not something I'm like at all really comfortable with. And so this is like especially it's not just like a normal relationship. It's not even like on and Jeremy kissing. It's a professor and a student, which already everyone's been gossiping about for weeks. It's yeah. already like they're already like judging her for it. It just feels very unnecessary. Yeah, on truly, like, at no point is she like, oh, I'm sorry Jeremy told everybody. Like, I'm sorry I told Jeremy that he told everybody. She seems to, like, not in any way realize that her actions, like, she's like, how was I supposed to know that my actions would have consequences? Like, what? Like, no way. Like, she's just so, like, she lacked, she just, like, seems to be incapable of, like, thinking outside of, like, her, like, tunnel vision and, like, seeing that, like, what she does affects other people. Yeah, her motives are definitely not like sinister or negative yeah. at all. But like in this situation and in most situations, I feel like effect matters more than intent. And yes, is, and yeah, An should know that. Like right. as a as a leader of like women in STEM and like Alleged, BIPOC yeah. women in STEM, like she should be very familiar with intent versus impact and like be able to like incorporate that yeah into her life. Yeah. So. They've kissed, and now it's time for Olive to go scramble to write her stupid Tom report. And she's like, she, at one point, she's like, my report is 34 pages single-spaced and only one-third done. And I'm sorry, maybe biology professors are a different breed, 
But like if there's any professor that's going to be reading a 90 page report, single space <laughs> for like some student, like they're not even going to read that if it's your actual dissertation, I feel like. Like what? And, but I mean, except, except, except for if you're a dick like Tom and you're planning to like screw her over but in general like what but then tom being the dick he is like emails her and like i think he moves it up by like another few days so it gives her like even less time so she's like yeah he's like i'm leaving on tuesday morning can you swing by adam's place before i leave for the airport and we can chat about it yeah so she gives the report to tom i don't think she gives it to him in person she She just emails emails it it to him. him yeah so after submitting her report to tom olive goes into work to the lab and her lab mate, Greg, is, like, really grumpy. And Olive is, like, oh, I really don't want to deal with his, like, feelings right now. But I guess it's I, like, have to ask. And she's, Hard like, what's – Hard relate. Hard yeah. relate. <laughs> she's, like, like oh, this, I don't yeah. have the energy to deal with people right now. <laughs> she's, like, what's the matter, Greg? And he just, like, like a cobra snaps on her. And he's, like, you're the problem. You and your fucking boyfriend. It's all your fault. Because he was mean to me. And he's going to, like, set back my proposal, like, for months. And that means I can't, like – I need to, like, graduate at the same time as my partner and, like, blah, blah, blah. On the one hand, like, Greg is out of line for yelling at her. But on the other hand, I don't think it's unfair to judge someone based on who they choose to, like, date or, like, be with. You know what I mean? It does reflect on you if you're willing to overlook how badly your partner treats everyone around them, even if they're nice to you. Right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, Greg is, like, in some ways, like, I do understand where Greg is coming from. And the same way, like, where Malcolm is coming from, like, before he right. knows that it's fake. Because he's, like, that guy was a total dick to me. And you know all about how horrible right. he was to me. And, like, yet you're going to be For in sure. an intimate relationship with him. So I do re- see where de- Greg is coming from. I would still um, like to squirt pipette like greg with just like a little pipette of like some sort of like mild acid like like spraying a cat with like a like a spray bottle of water like no no like don't bite that like that's what i would like to do to greg and i'd be like can you chill the fuck out and stop yelling at this woman also again like there's the element of the fact that like olive is one of like five women in this whole program and like greg is this like mediocre white man who is just taking out his anger issues and i'm like stop making this a toxic environment for women greg get out of here <laughs> so olive like this gets her thinking and she's like yeah why are you such a dick adam so she like texts him for the first time and she's like what did you say to greg and he's like i can't you know he's understandably like i can't discuss well, other <laughs> students with you <laughs> first he's like (laughs) no she's like did you fail like greg's dissertation or whatever and he's like olive because she never (laughs) it's the first time she's texted him so he doesn't have like he doesn't (laughs) yeah and he's like yeah i did you had a problem with that and she's like why are you such a dick to everyone? Like you realize that you're what are the what are the exact words? What it's is like it? abrasive oh, and um, antagonistic. Necessarily antagonistic and unapproachable. Yes. And he's like, what? And I don't know if she realizes at this point, but I guess like that's the first time he's ever heard that. He like was not thinking of himself like that. Um, but she like basically just just yells at him. She like goes after him and she's like stop being such a dick and then but then he's like i hold students to a better to a high standard and if you have a problem with that get the fuck out and then she's like fuck you and then immediately regrets it but doesn't take it back right she's like i feel a little bit bad about it but not enough to apologize um but it doesn't really matter it doesn't really have any immediate consequences because the next time they see each other is at the department picnic yet another like detail of academia that is just like 
painfully accurate. Um, they all have to go to this picnic. Like Olive is required to be there by her advisor, Aisha Aslan. Um, and the gang is all there. And naturally, on being the caring friend she is, she like starts a debate about sunscreen. And she's like, everyone put on sunscreen. Olive, like, she's like, I think there's like, is there a link between freckles and sunscreen? Because I guess Olive has sunscreen, has freckles. On naturally is foisting sunscreen on everyone, which relatable, like good for her. It is California. It's sunny. This is not one of those winter low UV type situations I was talking yeah, about I, earlier. I really appreciate yeah. this theme and like yeah. the modern rom-com of like having just a brief aside <laughs> about why you should wear sunscreen. Yeah. Also, later on, we get like a pro-vaccination spiel. spiel. Like oh, Allie yeah. Hazelwood is really like, take care of yourselves in these incredibly easy ways. <laughs> yeah. So Olive puts on sunscreen, but then for some reason, Ann is like, you need more sunscreen. You have freckles. You need more sunscreen. And she's like, they're like debating whether there's a link between freckles and skin cancer and I'm like bitch of course like I thought that whatever skip that <laughs> so on being the annoying bitch she is she dumps like another boatload of sunscreen into Olive's hands and Olive is after like after Olive has already applied sunscreen. right right so Olive is like I, my skin cannot physically absorb this much like goop okay it's in my hands and she's like what am I supposed to do with this and on sees an opportunity to be fucking annoying looks across the picnic field and who does she see? But Adam shirtless. Hot Adam playing, you guessed it, ultimate frisbee, which I would not have accepted, honestly, any other sport. If you would ask me what sport academics play, I wouldn't have given you an answer. But I could not, cannot possibly imagine a bunch of like nerds in a field playing anything other I, than ultimate frisbee. I cannot imagine all these people being shirtless at a department painting. That would just not happen. That's like we got to suspend disbelief for that one. But yeah, this department seems like a little bit more chill than I think like most departments would be inter a la I mean, like PDA I just feel like and like general than any like workplace would be. Like can you imagine like people being shirtless at a work event? Yeah, like no. at all. That's weird. anyway. But Adam's like super hot, so he's allowed to be shirtless. Um <laughs> so <laughs> he comes over to say hi and on is like Olive, Olive, I got a solution for your sunscreen problem. Go put it on Adam. Go do it. Do it. <laughs> and then Olive is like, is that a gun? Like, are you pointing a gun? <laughs> a lightsaber. Um. <laughs> like, like Olive turns around and she just hears a... <laughs> she turns around and like, like, On has like one of those like double-sided lightsabers and she's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like flipping it around it's, and just yeah. like go put on sunscreen <laughs> so Al- Olive is once again bullied into unnecessary PDA but necessary I- for the plot here what and she also like she's like what the hell like no I don't want to do this can you please take it and Anna's like don't be so dramatic and I just like had such flashbacks to like every friend I've ever had who like I expressed like a relatively reasonable complaint and they're like ah stop complaining like whatever it's not that big a deal and I'm like well it's a big deal to me like that's why I'm (laughs) complaining so yeah I feel like if I were if I were Olive by this point I would have just like grabbed Ann's arm and like Ann would be the one with the sunscreen problem at this point absolutely (laughs) I just would have like gooped it down her arm and I'd be like it's your problem now and I'm not doing with this yeah more like um, the grass like i don't know whatever yeah just put it on the grass but instead we get this like sensual massage oil but sunscreen yeah. scene uh um, in front of the olive whole fucking is, department yeah oh my god but olive gets to touch adam so that's a plus for her um <laughs> <laughs> also just as a side note olive at this point this is like throughout the book but she has i forget why this is relevant here but she left her phone in the car like malcolm drove him there and she left her phone in his car and just in general, like, 
are we really supposed to believe that Olive, a certified millennial, leaves her phone in cars slash at home with regular frequency? Like a certified, a certified cusper. Like on, like she's like yeah. millennial Gen Z cusper. No, she's not. She's my age. Okay, you're a cusper. Barely. Anyway, you can't even go to Disney World without a smartphone any- anymore. Like. I just don't understand. Like, Olive seems to, like, know how to use technology. Obviously, she's, like, working in a very high-tech lab, and yet somehow she just, like, doesn't have her yeah, phone with I her at all understand. times. It doesn't add up. That's a very common thing, I feel like, in books where people are like, oh, yeah, I just left my phone in the car. Right. Like, I left my fo- I don't have my phone on me. And I'm just like, I can't – I mean, maybe this is just a sign of, like, my fucking cell phone addiction, but, like, I literally cannot imagine, like, if I leave the house without my phone – like yeah. unless I really, really can't go back and get it, like I'm right. going back and get it, getting it. But also, like I cannot imagine a situation in which I leave the house without my phone. Right. But like mom does that all the time. But also, mom is like right. Gen X slash Boomer. I get that it's necessary for the plot sometimes because, like, you know, in general, like if everyone had constant communication at all times, like a lot of books would just be not feasible anymore. So you have to have that. But yeah. it could be like your battery's dead. You don't have service. It could be any number of things. You break it. You know. Anything but like just casually forgetting. I mean, whatever. Good for Olive, but like I don't, I don't buy it. Um, <laughs> very odd. Like, why is it yeah. in your pocket? Yeah, like it would just be in my like pants pocket. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So we get this like sunscreen oil rub down, <laughs> public rub down. Um, so yeah, okay. So Olive is having a tough day at the lab, and she's like, when she came in to to the lab this that morning, she looked in the vending machine, and she was like, okay, there's a Twix left. All right. This no, is I thought be- it was salt and vinegar chips. Salt and vinegar chips. Yes, yeah, salt and vinegar yeah. chips. She's like, this is my treat. Okay. Which I great, very much great feel taste that. in yes. chips. And so oh. now zoop, it's three hours later and she has her 15-minute break and she goes out and there's no fucking salt and vinegar chips left, which like I would die. It's disaster. Uh, disaster. disaster. <laughs> that happened to me. I'm like, except with like, I think with like, like Welch's fruit snacks in the like, <laughs> vending machine at work. I'll be like, I'll go there during lunch and I'm like, okay, there's a Welch's fruit snacks in there. I'm going to get that as my mid-afternoon treat. And then I go and there's no fucking Welch's <laughs> fruit snacks. <laughs> I kind of want to start a vending machine empire. I don't know if you're in on this or not, but I feel like it's Is this going to be the same thing as like the time we were going to like rent real estate to college yes, kids? Yes, but vending machines. Yes, but it'll be okay. like good snacks. We'll have all the good you snacks. You know what we could do, Rachel? A laundromat. With a vending machine inside. Here's the thing. My Double vending machine – Okay. How do you feel about this? Let's say there's six rows. Three rows are salt and vinegar chips. Three rows are Kit Kats and that's it. And then we have a separate one that's all Dasani water bottle and Mountain Dew. You in? We're not going to put a Diet Coke in there? No. I hate Diet Coke. It gives me a headache. Okay. Well, I love Diet Coke. So like I can't agree to this. We plan. can put a Diet Dr. Diet Pepper. Coke. No. Absolutely with Diet not. Dr. Pepper. Diet Coke. No. We Diet can have Coke. like a box of warm Diet Coke off to the side. No. Uh- <laughs> Diet Coke is best when it's crisp and fresh. <gasps> Diet Coke is evil. Get out of here. Anyway, you in on the you're in on the chips. You're betraying and the our Kit family. Kats. Chips and Kit Kats. Would you consider Cheetos as well? Cheetos are good, yeah. Because sometimes you, I feel like actually those would be the perfect way to offset the sometimes pain that comes from salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes your mouth is just is a little too fragile to have yeah. salt and vinegar chips. If you live in the three quarters of the country with Kroger's Kroger brand, the private selection salt and vinegar chips, mm, none of the pain, all of the gain. <laughs> Oh, you know, the best salt and vinegar chips I've ever had were the ones they used to sell in high school in the cafeteria at lunch, and I would get them all the time, and I don't remember what brand they were. They were some sort of, like, Hers. bougie organic brand. Mm. No, they were some oh, sort of – they oh, weren't, like, oh, a mainstream. Boulder, Boulder Canyon? Because that's the one, the Maybe. avocado oil. Oh, those are so fun, the no. avocado oil ones. No, They're they weren't avocado oil in high school. Yeah, it's true. 
They were just regular salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. I don't know what they were. They were some like like bougie brand. Um, and they were fucking delicious. And I would get them before I had lunch before English class senior year. And despite the fact that the syllabus at the very top of the syllabus, which I like, I guess just like totally skipped over this line, it <laughs> says like no food in class. I ate almost every day in that class. And you know what? I never got called out on it. Like never once was my teacher like, no. you're not allowed to eat in here. And I would bring like full on, like, I would bring like a basket of fries and like ketchup and I just be, like <laughs> dip in them. Like one time we had a two hour delay and I had had like uh I'd gone out for breakfast before and I had leftover pancakes and I like whipped those puppies out during class and like my teacher was <laughs> like is someone eating pancakes and I was like hello you know what my <laughs> no first comment. thought my first thought was with that I was like how did you do that with a mask on <laughs> <laughs> oh no well actually no. my first thought was like at least chips wouldn't make a big mess but then I just pictured the mess that like your average child could make with a bag of chips I, I was a very I retracted child. That. Yeah. I was, I was gifted. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Olive is standing there at the vending machine having a meltdown. She's like, no, no, no. This is all I wanted. Oh, my God. And then the shadows speak to her. They're like, is there a problem? <laughs> and it's Adam sitting in his dark-ass corner in the dark, no lights on, munching the last bag of salt and vinegar chips. And she's like, you. And this is after she's already she's already given up and bought like a Twix, which is also like great option. I can see Not if you as were good as salt and if you chips, if you were though. gunning for salty, I I think I would say they're equal. It's just that like if you're gunning what? for salt, oh yeah, I love Twix. For some reason, when you yell that far away, it sounds like a 1940s reporter, and you're like, Ooh. "And then the Japanese have bombed Hiroshima. We are great. We are at war. No. Also, Humphrey Bogart is down the street. I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been given such a great compliment on my voice. <laughs> he wow. killed 13 ducks <laughs> before they got him, and I'm not people." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they have a cute little bonding moment in the break room. This is when Olive explains fully about her mom. Like Adam exactly gives her what. wait, Adam gives her his chips. He's like, you can have these. And she's like, Oh, do you want this Twix instead? And he's like, No, I don't like chocolate. Which remember that. It will become relevant later. In a very big way. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so this is when we find out about her mom. Yes. Um, we find out about her full, like, foster system background and how she, like, legally emancipated at 16. Which – how does that work? Like, do you have to you support – how does it – you emancipate at 16. Do you do you get any money from the state? Like, do you have Presumably to get a job? Presumably her mom has an estate. I don't think so. What do you mean? She inherited stuff from her mom. She said that they were, like, not that well off. She didn't have that much money. Okay. But I just you mean in can, general. Okay. I'm yes, asking – If you can show – because she could get a job. So did she? And it's, like, Canada. She was probably on welfare. Hmm. Yeah, true. So you still you can still get support from the state then. It's just like they're a different system. Probably. I don't know fully how it works. I'm assuming that it's much that's much more of an accessible thing to do in Canada than it would be in the US for know. like the average so. kid. Because I know that there are like I've definitely heard several cases of like celebrity children who oh, yeah. emancipate from their parents like early. Right. Um, no, I think it happens with I would say I would guess that it's like with the same regularity in the US. I just don't know like what the system I don't is. Know. Yeah, like, are I you don't are know. you expected to get a job? Like do you have to support yourself? Because on sex education, I'm assuming that's like the deal with Maeve too, right? Okay. Like, I'm that's assuming... again in the UK and sure, they have a public sure, sure, I know. System. I know, but I wonder like is she I don't think she's getting it's unclear. Wait, it seems again, like I watched she has two support... episodes of sex education. Sure, I'm but waiting oh, for I thought you watched the whole first season. Oh. No. Why are you so into Maeve and Otis if you only watch two episodes? I attach early. I attach early yeah, and well, I don't like change. <laughs> you'll be peeled away. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, oh, wait, but this is the other thing that comes to mind. Sorry, very much tangent. But um, Eleanor Oliphant, right? 
in Eleanor Oliphant, she's also in the UK, but when she ages out of the system, and I know they don't do this in the US, but I'm guessing in the UK, even when she ages out of the system, they still like set her up with an apartment and stuff and like let her go. That's and because pay she's still on welfare. And also because what Eleanor Oliphant is a little bit different because she has like um like developmental difficulties. I guess so. Yeah. So she's like on the like she's like I can think probably considered disabled. And so like that's a different kind of welfare system. Yeah. Than, but it seems yeah. True, I guess. Than yeah. just like yeah. needing like support because like you don't have money. Yeah. So they bond Olive her mother was like her only family member she had. Her dad was never in the picture and her grandparents were already dead. So yeah, she's been alone. And then she went to college in the US and got like a full ride and everything. Um, yeah. And Olive asks Adam now, she's like, why don't you have a real girlfriend? And Adam is like, I'm like in love with somebody else. No, um, does he say that? Well, basically, he he's like, he's like, oh, like there's somebody else or something. But he, but at one point, this is like earlier, but at one point she's like, you're not married or anything, are you? And he's like, yeah, but my wife and the twins won't mind. <laughs> she's like. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> she goes in this spiral, similar to the felon spiral. She's like, oh, my God, I'm bringing up this family. His kids are going to become serial killers. His wife is probably crying into the pillow. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah. So things that happen, A, they get interrupted by Malcolm in the break room. And so that cute moment is over. And then they leave. And he's like, bye, Olive, and like brushes her hand as she moves away. And then she also gets into Tom's lab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom accepts her. Okay. So Tom is like, can you roll on over to Adam's and we can discuss your research before I leave? And Olive is like, yeah, sure. So she's like, Adam, quick, what's your address? <laughs> and she goes to Adam's house. She rolls up um, and she's like, should I be expecting taxidermy? Which is like an inside joke, joke between them that Adam does taxidermy, even though he doesn't. I, for Frankly, I would have like loved for that Tom, to have turned out to be true. Tom starts it. He's like, yes. oh, do you like his taxidermy collection? And I'm knowing what we know about Tom now, I'm just going to assume that he like stole that joke from someone and then killed them in order for like to have a <laughs> that joke. Lockhart. Yeah. Um yeah. So she shows up at Adam's house. Um Adam has just gotten back from a run. This is just another one of those instances mm -hmm. where we know that they both like running, but there's never like an official bonding moment over yeah. it. Um and Tom like asks her all these questions and then like he doesn't invite her to the lab. So like Olive gets up to go and then Tom is like, Olive, I'll see you in the lab next year, won't I? And she's like, oh my God, like I get to go to the lab, move. which is very exciting at the time because we don't yet know how big a villain Tom is. Yes. Um, now, Rachel. Next Fake Dating Wednesday is Fluchella, which if you have never been, I... I did not realize this, this was a thing like across big universities, but I guess I guess like it's only feasible if you also have a medical center, which obviously Stanford does. Basically, it's a giant mass flu vaccination campaign where just like I guess everyone in the medical center like takes shifts throughout the day and there's just like a huge line, but it's insanely efficient. It's just like roll up like just just vaccine after vaccine after vaccine. You just like come up, swipe your badge get stuck in the arm, walk out, get a sticker. It's just like the most efficient thing you've ever seen. I fucking love it. But Olive is like, oh, do you want to go um, like to get your flu shot with me? And Adam 
outs himself as a fucking anti-vaxxer and or no, he needophobic but i don't understand why like he's like no i don't want to and she's like yeah he's you. just afraid he's afraid and then she naturally starts roasting him for being a grown-ass man who's afraid of needles <laughs> and she's like i don't like needles either but like just go get your fucking flu vaccine like yeah. would you rather have the, the flu? flu and he's like i don't get sick and i'm like the flu kills oh, people really- Allie Hazelwood very rightfully roasts her character for not getting a vaccine because she seems to be very pro-vaccine and I very much appreciate that. And so they go to Fluchella and Olive is like, I'll hold your hand. And I'm like, yeah, you will. (laughs) The other thing I love about this is it's not only – I found out from this that not only are mass flu vaccination campaigns not unique, also naming them after music festivals is not unique. Fluchella, Flulapalooza. Lulabrew, probably. Fluing man. Oh my God. Fluing man. Flu man. What was, wait, what was the one that they made documentaries about mm, on the island yeah, that scammed? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what that was called. Let me see. That, but like put flu yeah. in the title, basically. So now Olive and Olive and Adam are texting. Um, and all Adam is like, My arm hurts from the vaccine, which like I don't want to fucking hear it. Listen to me, friends. For those of you well, are you gonna say the flu vaccine doesn't hurt that much? No, I'm gonna say there's something that hurts more. The flu vaccine, though, I'm always it's always like more painful than other shots. I'm always no. surprised. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I will admit that after I get the flu vaccine, my arm is sore from anywhere from one to two days. I can understand that your arm is sore after you get any vaccine. Of course, you have just shoved a needle into muscle. Naturally, your body is going to be like, what the fuck is this? However, however, no vaccine will ever in my life compare to the pain of Gardasil. (laughs) For those of you unaware, Gardasil is a vaccine that you get from like 12 to 14, like that age range, you get three different rounds of it. It's the HPV vaccine. It used to be just for ladies, but it is now for everyone. They now recommend it for everybody because everybody is susceptible to HPV. It originally, it was just for ladies because it is supposed to prevent cervical cancer. And mm. obviously people right, who right, don't right. have cervixes are not susceptible to cervical yeah. cancer. Um, But uh, I got Gardasil and man oh fucking man your arm hurts for like a week after that it's like you've been punched by Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the fucking arm like it's horrible and I understand the flu shots hurt but I'm like Adam I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear about your arm hurting because you probably never had to get Gardasil because that was before your time (laughs) as long as we're one-upping each other on the vaccines just cross your fingers that you never have to get a rabies vaccine (laughs) that's all I have to say It is no longer 20 shots to the stomach, but it is still a huge two huge ass needles in your like side of your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh no thank you. At all. <laughs> uh anyway. Okay. Yeah. On com- comes in and um sees all of texting Adam and is like, oh, you guys are in love. Like, you love him. Like, obviously. <laughs> and Olive freaks out because hey, she's I like, she I has I like a G. crisis because she's like, oh my God. Like, I've caught feelings. Bad, bad. Mommy, stupid, stupid. 
She's like, I fell for it. Uh, you know, she's like, ah, the classic trap. Yeah. Adam, meanwhile, like senses the disturbance in the forest and he's like, time to flip to the next play. <laughs> meanwhile, Anne is like, L is for the way you look at Adam. No, that's too <laughs> mature for Anne. Anne is like, Olive and Adam sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Joy to the world, the Barney <laughs> Did anyone, can someone just as a, as a total tangent, um, for any, like, I, I, I would like to do a generalized poll of all of our listeners, like any of you who encountered some sort of I hate there's, Barney dude, song. There's a Wikipedia article on Barney hate. I know. I want to know how prevalent it was among our listeners. I, I want to yeah. know, like, whether it's, we have quite a few, like, 27% of our listeners are international listeners. So I would also like to discover whether this stretched like overseas. In yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if as a child, you on the playground sang any sort of song that involved hate against the TV show character Barney. The purple dinosaur. Um, please let us know. Uh, just general interest question. I would just like to know like how strong the child whisper <laughs> review. Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she naturally, Olive has to discuss with Malcolm and like get advice, right? And so they're yes. sitting. She's like, I've caught feelings. Mayday, mayday, mayday. And like Malcolm's like, oh, this is great. And she's like, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like I'm in love with someone who like doesn't love me back or whatever. And of course, right at this, they're sitting in the public coffee shop. But as right as she says that, who walks up? But Adam. And Malcolm's like sitting there like, stop it, stop it, stop it. But she doesn't realize in time. And so she turns around and she's like, shit, shit. And so like Malcolm puts away. And Olive's like, how can I salvage that situation? And she's like, that person to Adam. She's like, that person that I was just talking about, that was that was another another person. That was not you person. That was another guy. And Adam's like, I know. But inside, he's, like, melting. Dying inside, yeah. yeah. He's, like, Anakin oh. thrown into the lava at the end of yeah. the prequel trilogy, like. And he's, like, yeah. He's, like, I know it must be hard to see Jeremy dating on when you're in love with him. And she's, like, he thinks I'm, she thinks I'm in love with Jeremy? Like, at this point, that's, like, <laughs> so absurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is the point yeah. at which he leaves for a bit, right? And I'm just – yeah. And I'm just like banging my head against the desk like the entire yeah. time when I'm listening to this. I'm like, God, oh, my God. I know it's necessary because I know like we have a lot more book to do. But you absolute dummies, like you total dumbasses. <laughs> Why can't you just tell each other you like each other? Or like cover it in a way that isn't counterproductive. Like I don't even remember what the exact quote was, know. but she could have been like, oh, I'm talking about my favorite fictional character. Like – by Star Wars fanfic. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I Tom – I mean Adam is leaving for like a week to go hang out with Tom and work on their grant at Harvard. So he's going to be gone. And Olive experiences the whole like, wow, like I don't even feel like going in into the lab because there's not even the off chance of seeing him. You know, like when your like whole thing is like going to like see your crush. Yeah. And Adam, when he's in Boston, he texts her a picture of like a pumpkin pie frappuccino. And he's like, think I can smuggle this on the plane? Ha ha ha. And I'm like, no. think I can smuggle you on the plane? I'm just like, witch cackle. Like, he's totally gone for her. Yeah. And so at this point, she bumps into Holden. Yeah, she has a bonding moment with Holden. Um, some Star Wars, this is a Star Wars thing I wrote down about Holden. Um, 
So we have a little Easter egg here. Holden was on her committee like freshman year or something, like the first year. Her or, like initial. Are there like, freshmen in grad programs? Is that or is it just like year one? First year. Okay. First so year. Holden was on her committee a while back and he complimented her on her Star Wars t-shirt that she wore to one of her <laughs> meetings and on the fact that she used the Imperial March in one of her presentations. <laughs> and we're going to so, give this Adam notices too. We get that later. No, but he notices right. her Star Trek thing. Yeah. He doesn't oh, notice. Oh, oh, like, okay. Allie Hazelwood is not going to beat us over the nose with the fact that this is Kylo. Like, so she's got to <laughs> yeah. switch it to Star Trek. But Holden does bring in the Star Wars reference. Holden is a normal professor who like, she's like, yeah, he definitely did not read a single one of my like, papers that i submitted yeah I'm like yeah that's that's part of the course that's she's like but he's nice yeah. whatever like uh, yeah and they're yeah they're childhood bffs she finds out that this is not um adam's first fake dating experience which further leads oh, yeah. to me saying that he has the fake dating playbook yes. like, in a, like scrapbook all figured out um because he and holden were fake dates to prom because holden is gay and his boyfriend like dumped him right before prom and he was like adam i have no one to go with and adam is like well obviously we're gonna go together dude like yeah. you're my best bro um the logical choice by the way like unlike for example harry and ron in the <laughs> fucking fourth book we're like oh no we don't have any dates to the ball and i'm like you could you could just go together you right. idiots you right. could just go together yeah <laughs> no one would have said a thing <laughs> you could be friend dates yeah except that i think in holden adam's case at the prom like they're not just like going as friends they like are tricking his like yeah they're like slow dancing so they make him jealous yeah, yeah. Um, fabulous. Holden also tells uh, Olive that Adam has been in love with someone for years, and Olive is like awash with guilt about the fact that she's like, "Oh my god, I'm keeping Adam from his true love." Tm, and I'm like, "It's hey, hey, it's you, you idiot." He's like, Holden is like, "Yeah, I'm so glad Adam finally worked up the courage to ask." He's been talking about this amazing girl for years, and Olive is like. Could that be me? No, it couldn't be me. He would mention it. It must be some other random woman in the department that I'm keeping him from. Yeah. Holden also warns Olive about Tom. He's like, watch out for Tom and also watch Adam's back around Tom. So he implies that Tom is shady, but we don't know exactly why. And Adam did at one point say that Holden doesn't like Tom. But Adam is like, ah, whatever. Like, it's just like a weird personality quirk of his. Um like there is not because there is anything shady about my BFF Tom. Good news though, good news for Olive in her professional career, because right after this she finds out that her paper got accepted for to be on a panel presentation at um, this big conference that they've been talking about this whole time, and we just haven't mentioned until now. They really haven't been talking about it. It's just like, but whatever. It's this big out. conference in Boston. Woohoo! And it's very exciting. And she obviously has a big freak out. And she goes to du- Dr. Aishigal Aslan. You just, you can't say her name. Like, with you, it's one of those names. You just got to say the full name. Mm-hmm. Aishigal Aslan. Aslan, the lion. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dr. Aishigal is like, dude, it'll be fine. Like, you're great. Like, this is a really big, like, cool thing. And then Malcolm and Ann come up and they also tell Olive the same thing. But they're also more understanding of her social anxiety. And then Olive is like, oh, yeah, we need to book our rooms for the conference. Because this whole time, the plan has been. Every other year, they've all stayed together in one room. Yeah, for them to room together. And both of these assholes found other plans. 
Well, yeah. Well, th- so she says that and Ahn is like ready to launch an explanation, but she immediately sees Malcolm being shifty because as we reminded you before, Malcolm knows this whole time that the fake dating is fake. So he honestly has the least excuse because Ahn is like, oh, well, Jeremy is getting a free room because of this like grant money he has. So I'll stay with him. And Malcolm got asked to room with these like other two randos. And for me, I'm like, okay, on like, no, they definitely both should have checked with her first. Like, especially if this is like a standing plan. Oh, no, no. On is like, because we assumed you'd be staying with Adam, like your boyfriend, right? And I'm like, why did you assume? And at least on like has an explanation in her head. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have assumed it. For Malcolm, though, it's like, why you knew about this? Like, why would you agree to this? Also, he's only staying with two people. So seemingly there'd be room for her. Like, it just makes no sense. Yeah. It's just so weird. Like, presumably staying in a hotel with two queen beds. Like, why can't he and Olive share a bed? Right. It just it doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah. Why was it? And then Malcolm is like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and he, he lists also all these reasons that he was distracted. And I'm like, yeah, but at some point in between the time about finding out that on has made these plans with Jeremy and like going with these other two people to room with them, like you, like you had to text the other people or like tell them that you would room with them. Like why the fuck wouldn't you talk to Olive first? Like that's so shitty. Like, Oh man, like what a betrayal. They don't even know that Adam is going for sure. You know what I mean? Like, he could yeah. easily not be going. They like, don't know. Like, also, like, I don't know. Like, we just started dating. Maybe I don't want to stay in a hotel room, like, with my boyfriend. Like, maybe I'd rather stay with my friends and just, like, hang out and in also, the like, day with my this boyfriend. Isn't, this isn't mentioned, but, like, his hotel room is being paid for by, like, someone, right? He's not paying for it. So, like, is that even allowed for him to, like – I mean, I'm sure I it don't is, know. But, like, it's so – These are all things that are completely skipped over. They just, like, like – they don't – they're, like – like, if she didn't bring it up, would they have even told her? You know what I mean? The conference is in two weeks. Like, you didn't even think to tell her. That's the other thing, though, is, like, why hasn't Olive thought about this before? Because then now she's, like, scrambling to try to find a room and everything's booked up. So, like, But that's just because she has – she's trying to find a single room. Oh, true. Like, that she can't afford anything else. Right, So that's why it's more difficult for her. Yeah. But it's just, like, I'm, like, I don't – like, why wouldn't you think that, like, Olive would bring this up? Be like, hey, guys, I am going to stay with Adam. During yeah. this conference. Also, honestly, Jeremy should just uh, what? Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy should just have on and Olive and Malcolm stay in his room. It's the least he can do at this point. Yes. <laughs> For being an Irish bastard. You know yeah. who you know what Jeremy is? <gasps> what? Jeremy's a tout. Oh yeah. He's a oh, tout. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be disappeared by the IRA. <laughs> I never was in the IRA. But if I were, I would have obeyed orders. A little orders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So Olive is like scrambling. And who's back from Boston? Adam. 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 And they meet at the coffee shop. And well, they're not intentionally meeting because she's just like on her computer and he walks up and she's awkwardly like, oh, why don't you take a seat? And then is immediately like, oh, he probably has more important things to do. I shouldn't have made him sit with me but he's like relatable very relatable yeah but she is cat ding 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 cat skill alert actually it shouldn't be ding 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 it should be like meow 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 cat skill skill alert um adam folded himself into the chair like a big cat (laughs) adam is also just in general like very cat-like like Like, he's very much fully just has the personality of like a main coon and specifically yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Adam Driver has look with Mean Coon, yeah. And he's yes. like, what you doing? And she's like, well, I fucking hate my friends. And he's like, why? 
And she's like, wow, they fucking ditched me. And Adam once again is like, God, her friends suck so much. But like, yeah. I can't tell her that because I'm not her real boyfriend. And she's like, I'm trying to decide between a, like a really shady like basement motel situation or like a place an hour away. And he's like, won't on notice that you're like an hour away. And she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. But like in retrospect, on definitely would not notice. On is like so up her butt and like does not care about Olive yeah. throughout this experience. No. no. But Adam is like – She cares on like very surface level. She's like yeah. very surface level friend. She yeah. is not – Which is like says something about like the level of other friends that Olive has had. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Olive has trauma. Olive needs yeah. a lot of therapy so that she can heal and the Canadian realize that she provided. deserves better. Not than Adam, than on. But yeah. so Adam's like, well, you could s- stay with me. And Olive is like, yeah. and he, this is how we know he is like practice. He has this down pat. I know. He hears this. He hears that Olive doesn't have a safe to, place to stay. And he's like, oh, things are speeding up. He's like flipping through the fake dating <laughs> playbook. He's like, shit, shit, shit. Like, we got to go to play 20. Like, oh, God. But he's also like, he hears this and he's like, here is my chance to milk this fake dating for oh, all yeah. that it is worth. Like, yeah. woohoo. Like, <laughs> so he's like, he also throws in a like, he's like, oh, I'm worried about you walking in the city late at night. Biking on roads without bike lanes is bad enough. And he like, goes to, at yeah, he like goes at it from that angle. Yeah. But also like in general, like, yeah, he's looking the pages. But in general, this was very much like a slow burn in a way. Like it, it but yeah. in that it feels less contrived than fake dating in general where they're like immediately tearing each other's clothes off. You know what I mean? At that point, it's like there's no the, – the fake dating plays like a big role in this. It's not just like fake dating as like a label, but then they're immediately yeah. like fucking. You know what I mean? And on that cheery note, we are ending part one of our – two-part series on The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. I promise we went into recording this episode not at all intending to make it two parts, but we just had way too much fun with this book. Um, It seriously is one of the best rom-coms of the year, and I hope that you can see, like, why it's so popular. But I know that you must have a lot of questions after listening to this episode, such as... Will Malcolm and Ann ever stop being such shit friends? Will Olive successfully give her speech? Will you ever find out why Tom has such little dick energy? And possibly most importantly, will Adam and Olive ever bang? All of that is coming next week in part two of The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. See you then. Hey, Rachel, where can they find us? Well, Allison, they can find us on Instagram at we read it one night, on Twitter at re- at we read it podcast, on Facebook at we read it one night, and newly on TikTok at we read it one night. You, you can also it. shoot us an email at our Gmail we read it one night at gmail.com. Please also uh, follow, rate, download, uh, subscribe, review our podcast, wherever you listen. Um, And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts and you mention a book that you would like us to do in the future, we will add it to our handy-dandy spreadsheet. So uh, spread those fingers for a spreadsheet Uh, (laughs) and uh, be a part of picking our future episodes for this podcast. Woohoo. All right. Godspeed, comrade. Godspeed, comrade. Godspeed, comrade.